Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 263 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. We're here every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. Try to join the live show if you can. Our chat is lively and fun and full of great people who actually talk about the games that we discuss instead of mm. arguing with each other. It's pretty nice. We're a great group of people who uh, show up for our live shows. And like I said, we're here every Tuesday. Uh, if you like the show and you're listening to the show out on the wilds of the internet, we are everywhere. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher. We're in your face. Yeah, we're everywhere. We're past your face. We're <laughs> 10 feet behind you. Look out. Yep. If you're listening to the show on any of those services or you're watching us on YouTube and you'd like to support us, head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D without the E. You can pledge as much or as little as you want per month, and every dollar makes a huge, huge difference to us. So we'd really appreciate it. Matt, how has your week been? Filled right. with a lot of game playing? Uh, no. I mean, filled with <laughs> one game playing. It's slow right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I mentioned it last episode that, uh, you know, I had done our dossier where we run down, like, all the games coming in the month. And uh, I was like, man, this is going to be a tough month. But now we're in the middle of it, and I was mm-hmm. not wrong. <laughs> it's really slow. I mean, this is a classic summer drought that we haven't seen in forever. It it feels like we haven't had anything like this in a while. And I have a feeling a lot of it is because of the console transition yeah. and console the pandemic. COVID. Like there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of factors, but it's all, we, we, you know, it feels like the old days when just no one put anything out in the summer. Cause they assumed everybody who wanted to play video games went on vacation or was doing something, doing something else. Like, <laughs> Which, have yeah, you met right, us? Good one. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's not really the way it is, unfortunately for those people, but now we're all kind of stuck with not a lot to do. Uh, there is one pretty big game that came out on Friday. Um, I have been playing it, and you jumped on it, and you're playing it as well, so we are going to discuss that. And there's a couple big topics to discuss, but I will say this, and I know I've said this before, and I've been wrong. I do think this is going to be a shorter episode of Game Face, and that's totally fine. We don't have to do a three-hour episode every time we do this show. But we do. We Somehow we usually <laughs> end up, like, getting there, I really don't think it's going to happen today. So if you have, like, stuff you need to do in, like, an Four hour Four hours later. <laughs> What's that? Mm. Four hours later. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We're still here talking. Uh, we'll say this. We'll have uh, probably a longer Q&A at the end of the show than normal. I felt bad last week because, one, you guys asked a bunch of great questions at the end of the show. But, two, we didn't even get to, like, a third of them. Um, so we'll try to get to some more today because I do have a feeling that this show is going to end a little more early than the typical game phase. There is just nothing going on. I even, like, thought about fabricating, like, some fun stuff to do. One of my ideas. Actually, I'll run this by you right now, Matt. You One can... of the news stories is fake this week. If you see if you can spot it. <laughs> One of the ideas I had, and you can just say whether you're into it or not, is name that game. So I would go down mm-hmm. a list of clues, and they would become more obvious as they go right. and see how many clues it takes you before you guess the game. And, and I'm pretty good at that. Yeah, I would guess you would be really good at that. But then also having our chat involved and having mm-hmm. them try to guess and honestly see if somebody can chat can beat you at it. Yeah, that would be hard considering the delay they're on. Uh, but, their uh, delay's not that bad. It's like 15 seconds, something like that. It's an eternity when you're against me. <laughs> that, could, that could be true, actually. I believe <laughs> that wholeheartedly. Uh, but anyway, we may end up getting to name that game before July. You are talking to someone who, who was banned from Star Wars Trivial Pursuit in college because I would win it in one turn. <laughs> oh, really? Because you, you answer the questions, right? You get to keep yeah, going. Yeah, you can just keep going. So eventually we established a rule that I had to answer the whole card. Oh, really? To keep going. Dang. 
<laughs> so then I, I at least missed a few. Good luck, thing. guys. That's all I can say if you're going to go head-to-head with Matt. Now, video games is a much wider subject than Star Wars, so yeah. it's probably easier to stump me on that one. Yep. Uh, let's go through and look at all the Twitch Prime stuff that's happened uh, since the show launched. There's a bunch, because it is still pretty early in the month. And by the way, we need the Twitch Prime help, people. Um, in fact, folks on YouTube, it would be great if you could literally take the five seconds to click twice. That's all you got to do. If you've already set up your accounts, it's two clicks to give us a free $2.50 every month. We rely on that money to keep our, our uh, business going, and we appreciate it a ton. If you could do that, that would be great. Uh, let's look at Twitch Prime here live on the show. Pig, Picquant wine, I think is what that Picquant, is. wine. Picquant. Yeah. Picquant. Interesting a... name. I mean, on Twitch, there's so many usernames already taken. you got to get creative or otherwise you're not going to have one. Uh, David5807, thank you for Twitch Prime. Andy T. Monahan, thank you for Twitch Prime. Wampler13, thank you for Twitch Prime. Emperor Dread, thank you for Twitch Prime. Chris... Christos Diablos, thank you for Twitch Prime. Glottis21, thank you. Fire Native, thank you. Wow, a ton today. Um, the Disembodied Voice, subscribed to Tier 1, thank you. We appreciate that. Um, streaking, he says, that's right. For 10 months, he subscribed in a row. Um, also, your streaks matter. I don't know if some people may not even realize, but we do a crawl on the bottom of Pactor Factor now that if people subscribe via Twitch Prime, you end up in Pactor Factor. It also has your streak there. We have some members that have subscribed with Twitch Prime for almost 50 months in a row. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. Uh, even I, because I have my own Twitch Prime account, mm -hmm. and I can subscribe to our channel and give, yeah. I give me give 250. Yourself, yeah. So do I. I just I, I And I forget remember. sometimes. Well, especially because I can't do it through the app anymore. Right. Yeah, I, they took I, it away. I, have to, I can only use the Twitch Prime thing, the app, Amazon Prime connection through the, through the web, web browser. And quite frankly, this is the only reason I open Twitch. So right, it, I don't it, watch a ton of Twitch to no, be honest with you. I just don't have time. Same. I would like to, but I just, I just uh, can't. I don't. I don't miss. I, I don't. <laughs> I just. I. If, I don't care about watching other people play video games. I don't either. And I'll say this: I have spent way more time on Twitch in the last eighteen months watching DJs play, right, than people right. playing video games. I've watched some people do board game live streams. Yeah, that's more interesting to me. Yeah, um, Twitch is really broadened its horizons over yeah i mean the hot tub meta really broke that the shit wide open didn't it like it, <laughs> now there's some kind of weird thing where like by the way uh female streamers like lick the microphone like, oh that was that was the asmr yeah thing what that is they got that crap oh that's like i mean ostensibly it's supposed to be like whispering and things like trigger like brain things or whatever but like you can turn it into a weird sex thing pretty easily yeah. and that's pretty much what they were doing that's what it seemed um, like yeah. that's why twitch wasn't super cool with it but i'm just like you know what whatever you wanted who cares does it really do. matter at no, this point like, no i don't think anyone looks at twitch as like a place where you just go to watch people play right games. I, I think the whole like thing about it's like oh it's for it's for games like oh get over it like it, it, yeah. it, it wasn't originally it was justin tv was just the part of the thing that was it was uh was it twitch was the gaming part of justin tv originally right yeah and then twitch blew up so twitch became the whole well justin tv turned into twitch right like they basically Pivoted, right. and they're but they like, called the, the 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 video game sec section of their business Twitch. I believe, as I recall, I'm not 100 because sure. we started we, when we would we were partnered. G4 was partnered with Justin TV to do fighting game streams and stuff with Capcom and such. And we I specifically remember Twitch was the sub brand that was where all the video game stuff was. Yeah, and then that just became the whole brand because. It won't be it long until thing. Twitch has like a segment of its business. That's what what is that called? Like top fans or something? Only fans. Only fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would not be surprised if eventually Twitch has something like I mean, that. There's a lot of money on the table there, but usually, I mean, usually oh, what's it's porn basically? Yeah, right? but usually what's done with that is 
you leverage the sex workers to gain your revenue stream, and then once you have critical mass, you you purge the sex workers uh, to pretend you're you're a legitimate business or whatever, uh, right. because no one has respect for that kind of work. I mean, um, it's it's really shitty. Honestly, um, Twitch would kind of turn into a pimp at that point, wouldn't it? No, I mean, it's because it's legal. So <laughs> it's legal, it's not, but still. Like, I don't know. You're kind of the boss over the sex workers is what I'm saying. Well, except they're their own boss and no more than they are about and the that's people the, doing I video games. I guess that's really the good thing about that site, right, is that they kind of get rid of that whole environment where they have some could-be violent pimp or whatever watching their business and taking a cut of their money. I and, mean, I guess, but they're not actually prostitutes, so to speak. They're it just It's just, you just know, cam, cam girls, yeah. you know. Uh, and boys. I mean, and I also want to point out that when we were brainstorming uh, about half a decade ago, uh, Jeff Kanata, Christian Spicer, and I did come up with the idea of doing, like, hot, basically, we, we called it hot takes in a hot tub. And we were going to go in my hot tub and just have us all up to our necks in the hot tub. And just <laughs> we were just going to talk about that week's news. And, like, that was going to be the whole show. Just a, just a camera level with our heads up to in water up to our necks just like talking about like literal talking heads in water it might work and uh and now the <laughs> hot knows. tub the hot tub meta showed up and i'm just like we were right there boys we were, we were we were that far away from from getting that five years early yeah but as sega has taught us being somewhere five years early doesn't always help you it doesn't always work sometimes you just have to sometimes you end up having to make games for nintendo yep that's true. Um, you guys may also notice that we have a scroll along the bottom of the frame for Game Face. To get in that, you need to pledge $30 or more per month at our Patreon. Uh, and your name will be in uh, Game Face both live and on the archive when we post it at sifted.net and Patreon. And then ultimately after four days when it goes up on YouTube. All right. I think we have enough small talk. Oh, I should mm-hmm. talk about the new studio, actually. Um, that is still in the works. Still not set in stone. Um, if we do get a new studio, there will only be, let's see, one or two more episodes a year. Yeah. 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 So this could be one of the last episodes, again, with our shower door. Um, yeah, not that the shower door matters too much with nobody in it anymore. It doesn't. Yeah, it's a lot different than it was back when we had Jared here. Um, but I have we have a line on a couple different studios. I put in an offer for one on Friday. I still haven't heard back. I'm supposed to hear back today. In fact, maybe it'll happen during the show. That would be exciting if we got our new studio while the show was happening. Um, still nothing. It's a week of delays. It, yeah, it, <laughs> seriously. I had, a, I had a box full of uh, full of toy robots that was supposed to show up yesterday, and it didn't because the train they were on derailed in, in Arizona. How did you even find that out? Like The, the tracking thing told me. It was, it was <laughs> like a train derailed. Train derailed. Train. We're trying to figure out one other way to get it to you. And it's been sitting in Navajo Nation, Arizona for like two days. I'm just like, well, I hope you're having a good time. But like... <laughs> That's weird. I didn't know tracking was that accurate where it would be like there yeah. was an accident or whatever. Usually, usually I get some vague like, uh, delay, but this yeah. one is very specific. Interesting. Like, almost like wasn't our fault. Like, we didn't do it. Yeah. I'm just saying if the train could turn into a robot, this wouldn't be a problem. That's true. <laughs> I'm offering solutions right here. Uh, I will say this. The studios that we're looking at right now, in fact, the one I put an offer in for on Friday is an upgrade over what we've ever had, actually. It would be the nicest mm. studio that we've ever had. So... Um, and for the price, it's like the same as our place here. So right now, it's office space in LA is a buyer's market because so many places yeah. went out of business. Unlike residential 18, space, right? Where it's it's insane. I wouldn't even think about buying a house no. now. Uh, so anyway, we could potentially get a nice upgrade on our workspace, and that will pay off for you guys. Another thing too, when we do launch from our new studio, because it's probably eighty percent that we're getting a new studio and we're not going to be here. 
Um, and when we do that, we are going to do kind of a soft relaunch of Game Phase with some new elements. I don't want to ruin anything else, um, but the, the show is going to be a little bit different when we, we relaunch at our new space. Uh, so that's something to be excited for, in addition to a uh, new backdrop for our shows and all the other stuff that we do as well. All right, now it's time to get on with the show. Let's talk about some video games. We're going to kick things off with probably the biggest mm-hmm. announcement. Oh, Matt, you're, you're always on it, and I am never on it. It's time for a word. We always got we got to visit Missoula. That's right. It's time for a word from our Every sponsor. Time. <laughs> it's time to find out why everyone is buying homes in Montana. The Shazer Ryan Realty has a totally remodeled four bedroom, three bath home for sale in Libby, Montana. Nestled next to the mountains on Libby Creek, this split level home features almost 3,300 square feet of living space and includes a fully finished basement, a two-car garage, a barn, a shop, and much more. There's a covered back porch just off the kitchen, so you can enjoy your morning coffee the way nature intended. At 479.9, it's an absolute steal. They're selling homes as fast as they can list them, so if you're interested, do not hesitate to call Doug DeShazer at 406-291-1643. Even if you don't live in Montana, you can contact the professionals at DeShazer Ryan Realty and they can help you with property in your area. For more, head to DeShazerRyanRealty.com. That's DeShazerRyanRealty.com. All right, as always, a big thanks to DeShazer Ryan Realty for sponsoring Game Face and our E3 coverage from last month. It's a huge boon for us. It makes a big difference. Before we get going, we have a couple more Twitch Prime. One Super Master Gamer. Thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, that might be the only one, actually. I see somebody suggested that uh, I swim around in a bikini in a kiddie pool to uh, explode our subscription numbers. Mm. <laughs> I don't. I think it people explode something. I think people may be googling like, how can I take back my Twitch <laughs> subscription? <laughs> I'd be more willing to do that in about six months after I have my knee surgery and I can exercise again and I can lose some damn weight. Um, I'll be open to any and all options at that point. So maybe put a pin in that and we'll come back to it a little. Put a, little a pin in that, not in his knee. <laughs> They're going to be actually. There's already enough pins. pins. More pins will be in there after that's done. All right, now let's kick off the show. We're going to talk about the biggest topic from the week, the biggest story from the week. Unsurprisingly, comes from Bloomberg and Jason Schreier. Um, He has a very good plant at Ubisoft Mm -hmm. because he breaks every Ubisoft story. They have got to be. I feel like you could make like a person of interest show about <laughs> Ubisoft trying to find <laughs> the person, the person who him. is leaking stuff to Schreier. Well, like, they, so for the process of elimination, as people it's leave, it's Yves. <laughs> it's just <Eves>. like it's... <laughs> it's the big wing. Process of elimination with people that leave, they, they have to have it narrowed down at this point to like a mm-hmm. hundred people or something. And Jason's probably Shaking in his boots, afraid that they'll somewhat, but also like remember, like there's people who used to work there that still are friends with people who do work there, and they hear so like the especially up in like the Montreal, Toronto area, like all those people know each other, and they all talk to each other, and they all go to there's the same so many places. studios there yeah. too. They've all yeah. everyone's worked everywhere, and mm-hmm. it's like there's a lot of crosstalk. Yep. So I mean, uh, some of the stories have been surprising. picked up by people just being on the subway. When you've got when your teams are are a thousand people, yeah. like yeah, someone's gonna talk. Yep. And so somebody did talk to Jason Schreier once again, and he broke the story on what... This, by the way, is why conspiracies aren't true. (laughs) (laughs) People can't even keep the next Assassin's Creed game quiet. Yeah, exactly. Um, And so the story is that the what appears to be the next Assassin's Creed... Yeah. We'll get to that in a second. They're really good. It sounds like they're really dragging Valhalla out. Yeah. It's called Assassin's Creed Infinity, and it is... Which sounds like a threat. 
Well, you think it's also it. very descriptive. Yeah, I mean, it's true, but also... it is going hmm. to be a game as a service, a platform that lives on and on. Um, and they said as they release new games that could still be set in different time periods, mm-hmm. those games will all be connected all somehow. Be on th- Basically, they're going to do like a Master Chief Collection style thing where everything's just part of the same front end. Do you think Sounds it'll just like. be a front end, or do you think there'll actually be like a, a modeled environment where you can go from like because it is the Animus, right? Mm-hmm. They could create this like Animus like. I mean, I guess you could have some kind of Animus hub where you get a core cast of characters that is involved in every single thing. I mean, they already do that, really. Like uh, the only the only difference would be that I guess they wouldn't move around as much because usually you know the the core group of uh, who is it Layla and the rest of them like they they've been the the main characters for three games now. Just like Desmond and the rest of them, um, as long as Sean's still there and still doing the uh, encyclopedia entries, I'm I'm fine with it. Like he's <laughs> he's my favorite part of all that. Um, are you okay with this in general? So the other part of the I mean, story it depends what they're today. doing. Like if it's if they're turning into like a weird multiplayer Avengers thing, no, I'm not okay with it. If you're just gonna decide you you're gonna put out all these the future Assassin's Creed games in sort of a universe universal sort of unified front end like portal thing fine i gotta make sure whatever as long as i still get my single player assassin's creed games in in good order like i'm okay with that so are you, um, is there a concern kinda, for you that they may change that and they may i'm con- i'm always concerned that they might try to force multiplayer back into it which i never thought was a very good like idea um some of the modes were fun yeah but they weren't like they didn't last keep going yeah, yeah. they were like two weeks of fun yeah um, if that yeah and like uh, you know, and I like, kind of like where they are now in terms of the single player action RPG thing. And I, you know, I, I think they are due for a, re- a revamp in certain certain respects, just because uh, they're coming up on. You know, like I, I did say before that like I think the next one is going to be a big change in some ways because they are finally starting to run into the time period that they started the series with, uh, with with Altair and such. Mm-hmm. And to me, this sort of hints to me that like. Okay, so you're sort of starting back over the big, the core Assassins versus Templars storyline. Uh, maybe the first thing in Assassin's Creed Infinity will essentially be a reimagining of the original Altair story, uh, with you know, infor- both in- informed by the gameplay advances of the series and informed by how the lore has evolved in the last uh, what's it been by this time, probably like fourteen years. Yeah, more I think. Two thousand seven. Yeah. So by this, by the time this comes out, it'll be like yeah. sixteen years, <laughs> yeah, um, or longer, because they're saying in twenty twenty four is when this is supposed to be. If and they also said if it comes out, right. So it's not set. Well, in we stone. know that UB isn't afraid to not release something. That's so. <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> so yes, throw in this in a closet somewhere with skull and bones, and we'll never hear about it again. But they did admit it exists. They did. That's the crazy part. Is a lot of times when one of these stories breaks. Publishers just act yeah. like we. The it's line like, is, we do not no comment, comment on, on rumors. rumors and speculation. Yeah. But, but Yubi's Ubisoft- just like, fine, you got us, <laughs> sure, whatever. It's so weird. Um, and so people may be hearing, wait, 2024. So what's going to happen for the next three years? And that's the thing. Also, in this report was that Ubisoft plans on continuing to release DLC for Valhalla to bridge to this new game, which is. A lot like that's like four, four years? years of DLC 
for like, Valhalla? Like one has to assume they're going to break out of the Viking mold at some point there. I mean, how how do you do that? Do you start doing what you're going to do with Infinity? Also, I've already I've already played that game for like 160 hours. I don't know how much more I got in me. I got like, no more in me. I'm done like with you're, that. Like the DLC for that is going to have to be like wildly different to get my attention after the, after finishing what's already there. Which is which is why I struggle to believe that Infinity would be the next Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. I just can't see. Ubisoft not getting that what used to be annual but now like biannual influx of cash the only thing I would think would be like maybe like you would get another Assassin's Creed in you know like 2020 in like 2023 or 2020 I guess 2022 and then when this came out it would sort of incorporate that last one into it Mm. you know like it would have a new game with it but it would also bring the previous game forward into this new environment or whatever they're doing with it. And maybe that would be how they'd sort of demonstrate how two games would connect up in this new situation because they'll be like, okay, that game you already played two years ago, now there's all this other shit that connects to the new game in a way they've never done before. So I Because th- it sounds like having two full-fledged games that do that bridging, whatever they're talking about, this bridging crossover thing, mm-hmm. having that ready to go when you launch this Assassin's Creed Infinity thing feels like the best way to demonstrate it, right? Rather than mm-hmm. put one game out in, in the Infinity environment and be like, eventually this will be really cool, <laughs> you know? Like, it's like, it <laughs> feels cool. like a more immediate way to do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. How cool would it be if every Assassin's Creed game ever is connected to Infinity? And I mm-hmm. don't believe this would happen at launch, but maybe eventually. And if you have the save files for those games on your hard drive, whatever that hub is that connects all this stuff, there they are, those games. Right. You just walk through a door and you're in Assassin's Creed Syndicate or you're in Assassin's mm-hmm. Creed 2. Or- I mean, that would be a cool. I mean, I like the idea of being able to access everything like that. Uh, that would be a massive install. It, it would. It but, would also uh, be a massive project for Ubisoft yeah. to pull off, um, which and, it does, sounds like and it this also, is already. It also depends on, quite frankly, as we move forward, how much of that they want to keep and how much of they want that, that they want to reimagine or retcon. Yeah. Um, they're, that's kind of all in their court. Because I would say uh, the opportunity to sort of redo the mythos in a more coherent fashion would be good, especially, you know, what we've talked many times that even in the, in the Ezio trilogy, the fact that, that, you know, revelations was made by a very different team from to the point that like Desmond looks completely different as a person. Like Mm he is, um, is weird. You know, they, they couldn't quite get a handle. They were making them so fast and with so many different people, different teams, you couldn't get a handle on what this series was really supposed to be or how it could evolve steadily forward mm-hmm. and you'd have things where like the next installment didn't have an innovation that the last one added and yeah. it was very weird um, so being able to sort of have that all unified would be a very good thing I think a, a, a way of, of just generating some kind of consistency in the brand uh, it makes sense to me if, they, if that's what they're doing and they're not trying to force some sort of weird game as a service multiplayer thing on me um, if you just want to use this as a way of unifying this IP and sort of getting a plan together and sort of establishing a roadmap that everyone who works on these games can see and sort of put their heads together on. Like that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, it might even be something they might want to implement on some of the other things they work on. Yeah. Uh, Watch Dogs Legion, anyone. Yeah. Um, it's, it's uh, like, it's a nice, it's a cool idea. Like, it, but it's also one of those ideas where I'm just like on paper, that sounds really good. What, let's see what it looks like. Yeah. You know, like when it's executed, like that's a, that's a big execution step. Yeah. There. I do wonder too, if, this does, in fact, happen. How does that affect the franchise? Because if you have like a four-year window where all you have out there is Valhalla and you're trying to keep propping mm-hmm. it up with DLC, 
Does that sour people on the IP at all? So when Infinity comes out, people I think not if you come out of the gate with something strong enough. Also, I I am going to stick by my idea that there will be another one in there. They're not going to let this thing lay dormant for years. That seems crazy. It's It's not possible. Unless they literally do, like, the Far Cry model and, like put out like the Assassin's Creed equivalent of Blood Dragon or something right. like or like a spin-off. Yeah, spin-off using the same assets or the same map as, mm-hmm. you know, something else that happens in England or something. Um maybe you could do that, but like um like 4 the, years is way too Do like too a long. King Arthur thing or something. I mean, yeah. kind of already did that. Like there there's already Excalibur in Valhalla. Right. Um What gives me pause about this though is that I mean, pause as far as what we're saying they should do, slide a game in there in between now and then, is that Ubisoft has gone even more in on company-wide development. Mm -hmm. So that was a big part of this story, was how Ubisoft is reorganizing so that literally everyone is working on Assassin's Creed Infinity. And some of its teams Mm -hmm. have rebelled. And because apparently there's some bad blood between some of the studios at mm-hmm. Ubisoft and they're really competitive yeah. with, with each other all, and they don't I mean, want to work There's together. also a, a feeling among a lot of people in that in that area up in you know up in Montreal and stuff who are basically like we don't know what Ubisoft's going to do for the next few years. They got nothing yeah. ready. And like the you know and so like I you know what we know from experience in the past with Ubisoft makes certainly makes I think us feel like there must be another game in there in that four-year gap somewhere. But some of the stuff I've heard that kind of lines up with what I've heard that like they just have nothing ready to get partly because like stuff just you know Skull and Bones isn't coming together Beyond Good and Evil 2 isn't coming together yeah. like all this stuff is not happening Roller Champions just Roller Champions disintegrated <laughs> a, whole, a whole pillar just gone of the, of the whole company just out, out the window their, their new Roller Derby yeah. pillar <laughs> the Roller Derby pillar is over before it started all we have left is Steep and the Crew 3 yeah I mean it seems that way and the crew three, I think, would have to go to space yeah. next. That's all they got left. Yeah. And then, you know, all of this in conjunction with Ubisoft's Me Too issues that it's had, like mm-hmm. some of the people who were kind of outed during that whole thing have not left the company still. Yep. And Ubisoft is like, well, we punished them. And yeah, they've been moved around, but right. like. They're still there. They're still there. Yeah. Um, Someone's going to have to deal with them. Eventually, you would think. But it sounds like they're just going to try to sweep it under the rug with some of their mm-hmm. employees. And my guess is those are really integral employees to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's why they've tried to skirt around it and keep them employed if they can. So um, I don't know, Matt. I, oh, and that Prince of Persia. Re- what, what the hell? Yeah, what happened to that? Wow, how how hard can that be? Yeah, what happens to get that delayed? I mean, that was supposed to come out in February. Yeah. Haven't had a Splinter Cell in how many years? see if the Avatar game makes it. Like, it's... And they showed the Avatar game at it. Now the Avatar game makes a little more sense. Yeah. Because we were shocked when they showed it. But now... But now, like, the Avatar game could fill the slot of an Assassin's Creed right. game. Because mm-hmm. it's a similar kind of exactly. idea. And the timing might work out okay. Right. And the next year would be a yep. sort of where we'd expect that, like, right alongside the new movie. Yep. Um, so that could be the plan. Like, yeah. like try to like try to stop gap. try to throw Avatar in there, and sort of like people won't worry about Assassin's Creed for a couple of years. And if the game is good, yeah, with all be. the hype that's going to be riding on that movie, it could do it. It oh, could yeah. sell Absolutely. like an Assassin's Creed. So maybe that strategy isn't all that crazy. No, I don't think it is. But like, 
I mean, I don't know. I think Assassin's Creed is pretty evergreen. Like, I think I think you can yeah. if you need to to, to it's pull it back for a while. It's nature is evergreen because yeah. you can choose whatever time period. And you I know want if, for. you know if I don't get another Assassin's Creed for four years, I'm going to be pretty excited when another one shows up, whatever yeah. it may be. Yeah, of course. So. Well, the design of that franchise is just genius from the mm-hmm. beginning. So whoever's idea it was to like let's create this franchise where it can go anywhere. Well, was the, really smart. Well, the funny thing was, it was that was not the idea. The idea was, it was supposed to take place in modern day, right? And, and you're supposed to have to like uncover the backstory of why you were doing all this stuff in 2012. Yeah. And then at some point, uh, they they kind of modeled some of the older, you know, the history stuff as sort of, oh, we could do it as flashbacks. And then someone was like, "This is way much, way more fun. Why don't we just have it be this that? This is the game." Yeah. And so that's what that's the everyone's like, "Oh, they shoehorned in this weird sci-fi." No, the sci-fi stuff was was the, the game. game. <laughs> and then somewhere along the lines, like they're like, "Oh no, it's more fun to run around and." You know, Crusader times and yeah. stab people with blades and shit off horses, and so they're like, yeah. so they made it into that. I think that's where they they found the idea in the process. Yeah, um, it's which genius, is a, which you, is a really good example of how you need to be agile. Yeah, uh, and doing whatever you're doing. Because you look at a lot of video game franchises, not all. There are some franchises that can kind of do the same thing. But you look at a game like God of War. Like you can't just send Kratos to like 14th century England and like make it work. This, I mean, you could. You could, but, but it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. This franchise, it does. And there are very few franchises in, in the industry right now that can really do that mm-hmm. and pull it off. So it's been genius from, well, not from the exact start, but close to the start. You could send him to, you could still send him to ancient Egypt. Yeah. I want to I see him kill a, the Egyptian pantheon. That's, and that's, that may happen. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the last one definitely hinted that we had uh, Egyptian, they sh- you had, you had uh, imagery from Greek gods, Norse gods, Egyptian gods, and Japanese gods. Yep. So uh, and the, the Japanese, you know, Shinto stuff is wild. Like yeah. you could, like like uh, uh, Kratos versus Raiden. Like I'd be down with that shit. <laughs> like, it's t- That's crazy. Some kind of weird crossover. Kratos, Kratos versus a river god, river dragon god, or something. <laughs> like you could do so much cool stuff. You, you could, could. It would be so much fun. Absolutely. Um, but as most people probably would have guessed, the whole objective behind this really is so that Ubisoft has a platform with a recurring revenue, like Grand Mm -hmm. Theft Auto with GTA Online or Fortnite. Um, A lot of tried, a lot of failed to do something like this. Mm -hmm. Ubisoft has not really proven that it can do it yet. I mean, It's fascinating how, like, you'd think the GTA Red Dead Online thing would be pretty... To the point that Rockstar did duplicate it with Red Dead Online. Like, they literally did it again. And actually, I think a big expansion for Red Dead Online just launched today. Blood Money just came out, and they're about to do the, the DLSS patch for it too yep. um which is going to up its resolution you know going to be bringing it into the next gen basically yeah um but no one else has managed to really repli- replicate that yep ubisoft has had success with rainbow six siege mm-hmm. that is a game that has that i didn't think was going to live as long as it did when i reviewed it for for our site i think i gave it like a, it ended up getting like a six or something yeah. like oh that. i mean it looked like it was going to die a quick death and they stuck with it and they, and they, yeah, they did turn it around something but then they had hyperscape which was their attempt at like a battle royale game and people don't even remember it and it's no. only like eight months old um so it's had some success it's had some failure hopefully it can channel the right energies hopefully they can get that roller project. derby game out and <laughs> it'll change everything yeah completely f- flip the script um, so anyway, that's all we know about Assassin's Creed um, Infinity. Again, big thanks to Jason Schreier for providing another topic for Game Face mm-hmm. during a slow news week. I don't know if you listened to uh, the interview that I did with him for Three Night Weekend, mm-hmm. but I thanked him on behalf of all podcasters <laughs> for him breaking. He always seems to break stories during slow weeks, too. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, the, the, it always lines up where his stories goes up when there, uh, there's not a lot of stuff going on, and that was the case again here. So Assassin's Creed Infinity... 
certainly going to be a PS5 and Series exclusive. It won't be probably last gen, especially if it comes out in 2024. Um, but we have a long way to go. Like, we probably even see a trailer for this if it continues in development for another two years, probably, is my guess. Um, so don't hold your breath waiting for more information on this. It'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see how they handle Valhalla, too, and see if the DLC is actually worthwhile. Mm-hmm. They could also do, like, full, you know, remaster, remakes of the old Assassin's Creed games. Yeah. You know, certainly, I mean, the Ezio collection is still a, is a thing, but, like, you could certainly get away with, like, Re, you know, remaking that somehow, bringing it up to 4K or whatever, even even doing a major like um, reimagining sort of of the original game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, bringing that more in line with what we'd expect from a modern Assassin's Creed game. Yeah, um, that'd be great. That would be a good stopgap. Yeah, because it is time to uh, you know, it's time to bring it back into that time, the time zone of you know modern you know not modern but like middle age cities and stuff. You know, one of the things the 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 you know the ancient trilogy doesn't have is the large urban areas yeah. and the blade in the crowd element which Valhalla has a little bit of you yeah. can blend into crowds again at least yeah. but it's not something really I think anybody does you just run in there kill everybody and, yeah. and leave um and uh, I would like to see I'd like to see them take some 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 passes maybe at uh, making stealth necessary again, um, you know, because like right now, I mean, but with the uh, you know Origin and Odyssey and Valhalla, you can play it sneaky, but I just you know, why? I, I, yeah, I, I <laughs> have no reason to. You know, I have a, a I have a two handed sword that I can use with one hand now and a big shield, and I just go in and kill everybody yeah. and throw and shoot everybody's arrows. But you know, I just stand in one place and kill everyone. They come in and I just walk into where I'm going to go and do what I need to do. Like, yeah. like, like there's no reason. You've been playing warriors, like hard, hard-edged warriors for three games, yeah. and there's no reason to be sneaky. Uh, the old, the original games kind of had more of a: if you get too outnumbered, you got to run. Yeah, and I haven't had to do that in Assassin's Creed for a, a very long, long time. time. <laughs> so I'd like to see, I'd like to see them come back to the idea, because like, look, the original idea was guys in robes versus knights in armor right. like you shouldn't be able to hurt those right. guys yeah. very easily you should have to get away the, if they find you if, over time the franchise bent the knee to the average player is right. what happened yeah um, yeah for sure it was like okay there's some people that don't want to have to play stealth yeah. we need to satisfy them and i feel like the scale has gone too yeah. far in the and other you could direction. probably do some kind of difficulty level thing on that but, but I, i'd love to play like a version like a, like a game from assassin's creed set in maybe this the revolutionary war era or, or the french revolution where if you get shot you die right like you can't get cornered by a bunch of british regulars with fucking muskets because they will kill you your ass dead, yeah. you know like um i got I, i'd like to have th- th- some stakes to that yeah uh, that would be an interesting way to go about and like that yes i realize that is very non-mainstream in turn but there's probably a way you could i'd like to see them take the time to balance that as a you know expert difficulty or something that isn't just like everything does a lot more damage and make it more more part of the make it more part of the everything should be lethal basically you're stabbing and shooting people you should you should should die the the stakes should should be very high because you're supposed to be a lethal assassin but you also shouldn't be invincible i mean i'm thinking stuff like thief yeah and things like that yeah i hear you okay uh, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a topic that people asked Pactor Factor or Pactor about not long ago. We did an episode of Pactor Factor about it, and that is kind of the changing tide of free upgrades. Um, smart delivery. Can you think of another catchphrase that caught on with people more than that when we were learning about Gen Nine consoles? 
SSD maybe. I mean SSD, yeah. That probably is the one that's maybe more prevalent than smart delivery. But that was kind of one of the big tenets of both. Yeah, I don't hear smart delivery much. I usually hear like Series X enhanced. Now, yeah. And stuff. I mean, they put out um, trailers for smart delivery back yeah. when they were promoting like the launch, the pre-launch. Yeah, I mean, your most of your mind share is SSD smart delivery or the equivalent of whatever people want to call that process. Yeah. And Game Pass. Yep. Um, and somebody asked Pactor the question like, and haptic feedback. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> yeah, 3D sound, I think, is another one that I'll remember mm-hmm. for a long time. Oh, God. Like a whole whole lecture is about 3D sound. Yeah, yep. That GDC presentation. Yep. Um, and so, anyway, people asked Pactor about this because somebody picked up on the fact that, like, it's starting to go away. Mm-hmm. That all, that you know, at first it was supposed to be you buy a PS4 or an Xbox One version of a game, you're going to be able to upgrade it for free onto your next-gen console. Almost as, like, a reward for upgrading to the new console. Mm-hmm. At least that's the way I kind of construed it. Sort of, but it's also just a way of like sort of re- trying to reassure you that if you buy a new console, your stuff will transfer. And you have games to play. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And over time, this has started to go away. And I'll say this, like when we posted it on our Patreon and on, at sifted.net, we didn't get much pushback about it. People just watched it and were like, yeah, that's a thing. Then we posted it to YouTube and almost all the comments were like, what are you talking about? This isn't going away. There's still tons of games that are upgrading for free. And I was like, okay, which ones? Um, I just got... Uh, We're going to talk plague, about one in a little plague, bit. A plague, the Plague Story just did. Um, there was another one that just did. But they've become the exception now instead of the rule. Sort of. Like, I, I, I haven't really noticed a trend one way or the other there. Uh, I just feel like a lot of the, all the majors are basically done with it. Like Red Dead, Red Dead's going to be free. The, that that patch is it. The DLS, yeah, it's not going to be that major really. It's just going. I think it's just going to up the resolution with that DLS, DLSS tech. Gotcha. Um, I don't think you'll notice much of a difference beyond that. Yeah. Um, I mean, the only thing that the only thing that really jumps out at me is like I got to pay for the upgrade right now is Ghost of Tsushima. I feel like every game you have to pay for the upgrade now. Like what? Like well, the two games we're going to talk about right now. So oh, two games I would never pl- know about in that oh, regard. Well, yeah. I guess that makes sense then. Um, so it was it wasn't even announced this week. This was uncovered on like the fact pages for the games, but um, it was uncovered this week that FIFA 22 and Madden NFL 22 are both doing away with their free upgrades. Um, I don't know if you remember or not, but these were kind of like the poster children for smart delivery back last year. They were the games that people were like really. Like, FIFA and Madden, I'm going to be able to get upgrades for those for free. And there were caveats with Madden. Like, you had a window where you had to upgrade, and Mm -hmm. if you missed the window, then you would have to pay for them. This year, there's no window at all. You have to pay to upgrade. And here's how they're doing it, Matt. This is the sneaky part about it. So, the only... You can still get a quote-unquote free upgrade if you buy the special edition versions of the games. Mm. Um... Those special edition versions on consoles are a hundred bucks and eighty dollars on PC. So on PC, you're spending an extra ten dollars to upgrade. On the consoles, you're spending a lot of extra money to upgrade. Um, and a reminder that last year these upgrades were free. FIFA was free. Period. Madden, like I said, had that little bit of a period where you had a grace period where you could upgrade, and if you missed it, then you would have to pay for it. Um, Matt, do you think that this whole thing of free upgrades was just a strategy, like a bait and switch? Do you think that they just used it to ease people's minds so they would jump into the next generation and now that they 
they're both successes and they're both selling as many as they can make that they've decided that they don't need to do it anymore and that they're pulling these plans back. Because it seems like the platform holders can't have a whole lot of control over what the third parties do. I think we saw that with some other games that have come out in the past that haven't fallen in line with what uh, Microsoft or Sony had kind of said that it expected from its partners. Um, How do you think, why do you think this is happening? I don't think it's happening. Really? I I need to see more than just EA Sports do this. Um, I don't, I can't think of anything else that's happened with except really Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut, which is a new skew, and which they already gave us a 60 frame per second patch on that game for free. Um, like, I haven't noticed this is really a trend. Well, they just announced, um, and we're going to spoil it a later topic, but um, the director's cut for uh, Death Stranding, oh, also right. pay up, payable upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, this is, you know, but apparently director's cut is your free pass to, uh, <laughs> to not have money. a free pass. <laughs> um, although even Kojima seems to have misgivings about that. Yeah. Um, he hates the term director's cut. Yeah, you know? well. Because it insinuates that. Somebody above him told him what to put or not. Put right. In it, it insinuates that he follows instructions. It insinuates uh, that he wasn't in power yeah, wasn't and in, in control. Yeah. yeah. Which, isn't that funny? Man has an ego, I How think. How petty is that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh, man. I mean, this to me strikes me, and this is, like, for some reason it's worse that you get the, the upgrade free if you paid $100 for Madden, which I just can't even fathom paying that much money for Madden. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's just me not caring about football, but, like, like ah, ugh, what the hell? Um, but this seems like a this seems like an EA thing more than anything. I mean, if it works, I guess it could become a a thing. And maybe maybe I I, don't, I have always felt maybe this is a baseless uh, statement. But I have always felt like publishers are more willing to try uh, more extreme methods of um, milking or exploiting the sports gamers uh, than well, a lot of generally the most casual. Yeah. And they don't know, maybe, like that this is not how it's supposed to work. So they're <laughs> like, oh, I guess it's because it's like the only game. It's that just they like why well, I, I just think I picture them as sort of your average people that are just like, oh, just one more way I'm getting screwed. I guess I'll just like do that. That's <laughs> I guess video games are like that too, just like life. Yeah. So like you know, that's just sort of my in my imagination. That's how I see like like someone who only plays sports games like taking that. This is like, oh, sure. Like I guess this is just what video games are by paying ridiculous amounts of nickel and dime money to get fake sports card packs to make sure my fantasy uh, like video game team can compete with like some rando in Kansas somewhere. <laughs> um, the other part of it too is that Madden for PS5 and Xbox Series last year was just like bare bones. Right. I mean, it was well, also kind of the thing is like, if, you know, from a cynical point of view, you kind of picture these EA Sports execs kind of being like, well, these idiots will pay 60 bucks every year for a roster upgrade and slightly shinier helmets and, and feet like why not just try this? Like, yeah. you know, like who knows? Maybe they'll do that. You know. Well, the the shame of it is is so. Look, I'll say this: usually, EA sports games when they start a generation are stripped to nothing. Mm-hmm. Like you, the first version for each console, yeah. usually you'll get like a franchise mode and like head to head online and like the ability to just like play a games against any two teams or whatever. Last year's game was the same game as the year prior. So it was feature-rich compared to most edi- first editions for a console. Mm-hmm. Um, but it didn't stretch the boundaries much. This year's game, and we're seeing the new Madden right now in the B-roll, has a ton of new stuff in it. Like, there's, they are actually making significant upgrades. I would argue for the first time in, like, four years to a Madden game. Um, they're tweaking everything. They're tweaking the modes. They're tweaking the, the controls, how the game plays. 
Um, we'll see if they actually get the story mode in this back to a decent level because it's been awful for the last like couple of years. But they're trying to revamp the story mode in it this time. It looks to be a significant upgrade over last year's game. Oddly enough, this is the year that you decide, hey, we're going to charge people to upgrade to the Gen 9 versions of it. It just seems it could be a coincidence. Um, I, tend sound, to th- I mean, it does sound more like EA put effort into something, and so they want money for it. To be paid for. Yeah. Yeah. And keep in mind, now, you would have paid $70 for, if you buy the PS5 or mm-hmm. Series version, you're going to pay 70 bucks for it. Um, take two, set that precedent. And now, you know, again, to what I was saying earlier about how Microsoft and Sony can't control what the third parties do. They couldn't control Take-Two to keep Take-Two from charging 70 mm-hmm. bucks for NBA 2K. And to your point about sports games, there's another example of it. First game to bump up the price to $70, what was it? NBA, NBA 2K. 2K. Which has been screwing its customers over for a, with, long, for time. a long time. Yeah. So. You're paying customers have to watch ads. Yeah. <laughs> I will say this, and I don't know if people have been watching. $60 for a game, you got to watch an ad. Yeah, it's, it's insane. Like, I don't know if people have been watching this B-roll, but I will say this. This year's Madden, at times, will trick your eye. Yeah, it looks really good. Into thinking you're watching a real football game. Um, when they show, like, the players, like, pre-snap, like, on the like on the line of scrimmage, literally I had done, like, a triple take a mm. couple times looking at this B-roll. I was like, whoa. Like, it appears to have gotten a pretty decent visual upgrade as well compared to the last couple years. And, again, maybe that's why EA is, like, we're willing yeah. to – Still kind of has that weird weightless look when they roll on the ground. Yeah, I mean that's not sure tough. what you can really do to. It's tough. Fix that. Yeah, you have to you have to model some very detailed physics for that to fix that. That and you'd have to get your mocap just right. Yeah. and apply that mocap data perfectly. Right. And you'd have to apply it to like, like you'd have to simulate contact with the ground and the grass and the like. There's just there's so. I mean that is that is uh, gens away. It basically. is uh, like. Applying physics to the ground yeah. so that your player in the ball reacts accurately to the ground instead mm-hmm. of just being like this algorithm that is imparted onto the ball. Yeah, and part of that is just because all these shots are so close up. If you're playing the actual game, you're not going to really see that much because yeah. so the camera's put so far back like that. Yeah, but yeah, it looks really good. Like it's, um, it's not something I care about, but yeah. like it's you know, Madden's always been one of those benchmark games where you kind of like. You, know, you sort of take the temperature of the of the of the graphics of the time yeah. by looking at that. It's, yeah, it's been kind of a, a barometer for game visuals for a yeah. long time because it's something everybody knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, they know what it looks like in real life, and they know what the prior games have looked like. So it is a good way to kind of measure the bar or set the bar uh, for visuals. Matt, do you feel like people care about this because this story has not really become a big thing over? The I guess last not. Week. Like, I mean, it, part, it really seems like I, most consumers don't care. No, I think most of the consumers that would care. Uh, don't read gaming news. Yeah. And I think a lot of the sport, the sports gaming crowd seems real willing to be exploited. Maybe yeah. because they don't know any better or maybe because they just, this is the only thing they spend money on anyway, gaming wise. So who cares? This in like GTA. Yeah. Like their third copy of GTA five. Yeah. It's like different for people who are you know, like us who are spending like, you know, buying three, four games a month sometimes. And they're just like, well, you want more money out of me to do this? It's like, yeah, then, then it's like, uh, it, it becomes a thing. If you're trying to budget for like how everything you want to play, but if this is the yeah. only the only thing you want to play, it's just sort of what you do. I, I guess that's a different mentality. Like I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I don't know if that's even a true thing. I'm saying there because I don't know what what I don't know. I've never done any research on what like hardcore sports gamers do or how what their spending habits are. How do you feel about it yourself personally, Matt? Like I, I guess I looked at smart delivery and upgrades as like 
not something that I expected to happen. So to me, mm-hmm. it was more like a nice bonus instead of yeah. like something that I'm like I feel entitled. Yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly, uh, it was like a nice thing in comparison to like what I expected, which is just having to pay, you know, buy remasters of everything for half original retail price, you know, for yeah. like 30, 40 bucks, um, like we did with uh, Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, uh, yeah, any period where you get, I mean, I feel like I got most of the stuff I wanted uh, from last gen updated pretty well uh, for mostly for I free. had issues like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. I had issues trying to upgrade. I ended up losing like a bunch of items and stuff. Right. But um, um, again, like to me, it was like a nice freebie. I don't. Yeah, like it was nice to play. You know, I played Watch Dogs Legion on the 360, not 360 Xbox um, One, the yeah. One X for like uh, you know a week, and then the Series Series X came out, and I installed it and loaded up my save, and I was like, oh, that's different because like oh, because Legion game. has ray tracing. You know, you know, well, Valhalla doesn't, I think, or didn't yeah. at launch, and uh, and Legion loaded up, and it looked like a different game. Like yeah. it was, it was like, oh my god, it's not any better, but it's st- <laughs> but it still looks good. Um, so that was cool. But again, like the only thing that really like kind of sticks in my brain about like having to pay to upgrade stuff is at this point is Ghost of Tsushima. And um, I kind of am okay with that because, um, I don't know, like it feels like enough new stuff that I'm not, you know, it, it's probably two, ten bucks more than I'd like to pay for an expansion plus some bonus stuff. But like, I feel if I didn't want to buy that, I'm still pretty happy with the game as it exists with the 60 frame packet pa- yeah. patch and stuff. Um, like I, there hasn't really been, a, I mean, I'm not a super big fan of the $70 price point. Uh, but what are you gonna do? Like, they haven't ra- nobody's raised prices on games since two thousand five. You know, it's, it's we, we had a pretty good run there. Yeah. Uh, if you compare, you know, and you hate to go back and continually compare stuff to the old days. But you know, like with that Mario sixty four game that, that sold for a million and a half dollars, uh, someone was like, "Oh my god, we paid like thirty nine ninety nine for that back in the day." I'm like, "No, we paid sixty nine ninety nine for that it back was, in the day because the cartridge the sixty four games were expensive." Yeah. And. Seventy bucks in nineteen ninety six works out to like one hundred and ten or one hundred and fifteen now. So it's like they're still pretty cheap considering what they are. I still can't believe that that game sold for that much. That there's a whole thing behind that. Like, there's a lot of people that are that are basically. How? There are people who are comparing what is happening in the in the sealed kind of graded game market to sort of what happens with like art purchases that are sort of a way of laundering money in a, oh. a sense you know how like you kind of you have this art piece original art piece it's worth this amount of money and you buy it and so it's like you've got your money in that piece right and no one can charge you interest on it because it's not in a bank it's right. not you don't have to pay taxes on it because it's, it's, it's an object yeah, right you can't trace it really but if you ever need like five million dollars you can sell that Picasso original Right to another rich person who just hang on to that for a while, and it all sort of gets passed around uh, in the community. Why do you launder money in the meantime? Sort of, yeah. Okay. I mean, and that's not necessarily even launder money. It's just like it's a way of transferring high value cash and property without it really being fully tracked. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that was one of the also... that was one of the main reason everybody was so excited about <laughs> NFT because basically that shit that people in the art uh-huh. you know that kind of art collector world were able to pull like now they could maybe do that with JPEGs uh-huh. like that was yeah. the ex- and then I turned out like no that didn't really work that's so that's not, so how it's it works, not yeah. but 
there's been a lot of people that have, been, have speculated, and I somewhat agree that that is something similar is happening with the drastically inflated prices of these games. I mean, um, for Super because Mario 64, all of a sudden, nuts. oh right, but all I mean, it's not even that. Like that beat the record, but there's already a, a Zelda game that sold for a million. Yeah, like, yeah. like why? Like, like that makes. I guess I should have kept that box because it was NES. <laughs> yeah. I remember I actually... No NES game is worth a million dollars. Like, that's... You know, it's insane. I agree. It's, it's like, yeah. it, there's more going on there than just perceived value. Like, yeah. it doesn't make... There's something it, going know, on. Yeah. It, there's something else there. I'm actually interested in the chat. Of, like, if you if it was like... If it was like the, the yes, some kind of sealed special copy of, like, you know, the, the, the gold cartridge that you got if you won the Nintendo World Championships and, like, one existed and, like... That I of, get. Like, that, sure. Like, yeah. something like that. But just a copy so, of Just Super a really Mario nice 64? copy of Mario 64... Something's up. Something's up. I agree. Um, I, I'm interested to see what the chat thinks about free upgrades. Do you guys care? Are you like me and you just were like, oh, that's nice, but I don't really expect it going forward? Or is it something that convinced you to buy a Gen 9 console and now maybe you're starting to get a little salty that they may be going away? What's your take on it? I saw Erebus Jones said something about smart delivery isn't doesn't exist. And it's like, Dude, I have three trailers for smart delivery on the TriCaster. Like, it obviously exists if they paid an agency to create three trailers. I mean, smart delivery just means that if you... Smart delivery. Smart delivery just means if you have a game that works on both the old Xbox and the new Xbox, it will install the proper thing on the Xbox you're using. Like, that's all it is. I thought that meant that cross-generations, the games will work. Yeah, but that's just what it means. It means it will install the Series X version on your Series X. It will install the Xbox One version on your Xbox One. That's or the PC version on your PC. Like that's all that means is. But you can get it on everything. You can buy the Xbox One version and you're playing it on your Xbox Series X. In theory, for free. In theory, and a lot of them you can. Yeah, like I can't think of a. It all started that way. I can't think of a right, but also there is no. I don't can't think of a Microsoft game you have to pay for an upgrade for. Well, you don't have to pay for Microsoft games at all anymore. Right. I mean, so in court, in terms of that, smart delivery is still what it said it was. Yeah, it just doesn't always apply to third party stuff, which we already knew. Yeah, are you guys okay with paying a little bit of money for an upgrade to PS5 or Series X? Let's also, I can't again. I can't think of a game I had to pay to upgrade to the Series X version, except uh, Sinking City, but you had to buy that all over again. But that's because it switched publishers. Yep, sneaky. That is a weird story too. Someone should do a. I hope like uh, Matt McMuscles does like a what happened on that, or if he didn't already, I haven't. If if he did it already, I haven't seen it. But the whole story behind Sinking City is fascinating. Yeah, um, Sneaky, the game that sold for that was Super Mario sixty four for the N sixty four, and it's just a mint copy still sealed. Yeah. But still, also put through that grading system right. thing where they seal it up in an unopenable thing, and, and all ra- the it's rated like are ni- perfect. Right, it's, and- they rate it. You know, it's, it's like the, yeah. it's like the slabbed comics, and so it's rated. I think it was rated like a nine point eight out of ten or something, yeah. which is super rare. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've seen gem like ten out of ten gem mint blue eyes white dragons go for you know five hundred thousand dollars. Look at Pokemon cards. Pokemon right cards, Yu Gi Oh cards, like all that stuff is is booming right now. Yeah. If you got some Yu Gi Oh cards from the old. If you have you, how about also this? If you have. Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, the original Dark Duel stories or Dark Duel Saga or whatever that was, like the first Yu-Gi-Oh game, the cards that came with that, those are worth thousands now. The no Dark Magician, way. yeah, Dark Magician, Blue Eyes White Dragon, and something else. Dude, like, I, I think I threw those away. The 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 Blue Eyes White Dragon just just I saw one that was you know this is DDS one on it you know from from specifically the one from the game you can tell there's a, there's a code on it that tells you where it came from the game or the uh-huh. normal packs or whatever. Um, I saw one of those sell on eBay uh, a couple weeks ago. Fold like you could see folds on it, like it had been crumpled in someone's pocket. It sold for forty five hundred dollars. Oh, I 
I know. And I went. Fact, I and know I went. I threw those. And away. I went back because I had all those Yu-Gi-Oh games. I had all of them. And right. I went back and I had a little. I had a little like a little like, you know card box that I kept all of those in. And I I have every single set of bonus cards from all those games except that one. Oh, I don't man. know where they went. Somebody those, from- and none of the others are worth anything. <laughs> of course. That's crazy. Uh, let's see what the chat says about this and see if they actually care. Um. Uh, Sneaky Charlotte Snake saying he has an original Blue Eyes from 2000. If it's a first edition, from not like the unlimited one, but a first edition, get that sucker graded. It's, it might be worth some money. Like, it's cheap like, and easy to get stuff graded. Yeah, too. it takes a long time because there's a huge backlog now. It's backed up right but now. But like, yeah. if you have first edition like Blue, like Legend of Blue Eyes White Dragon stuff, get that shit graded and sell that thing off because it's yeah. you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> at least make some few hundred bucks. Like, yeah, it's, they're they're worth a lot. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Snark says, paying for better graphics. Thank God I didn't I didn't need to pay more for games I own now when I upgraded my PC, and they look mm-hmm. better. That's a good point. <laughs> You're right. He's right. They're charging for something that you get for free just by upgrading your PC. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's the advantage of the PC. Yeah. You pay a lot more, I mean, but also it, you pay a lot more to, for cutting-edge yeah. PC stuff, yeah. so it kind of there's a trade-off there. Well, it depends. So. Well, right now, GPUs are so Yeah, there's no, there's no <laughs> depends right now. Yeah, it's, right now, for sure. Uh, Surly Mexican says I paid ninety dollars for Turok too. Yep, mm-hmm. those carts. Some of those carts were expensive back yeah, then. Eighty nine, ninety nine. Sometimes I mean, I yeah, I tell the story all the time, but I remember the day Fantasy Star Four came out. I went over to Toys R Us and plunked down ninety nine, ninety nine in nineteen ninety four dollars for that, which which is like one hundred and fifty bucks now. Like it, I used to pay big money for import N64 games because mm-hmm. there were so few games yep. coming out in the U.S. that there was a little import store in Philly that I'd go down to yep. and I'd spend $120 for like Chopper Attack yep. or Same whatever. with, uh, with um, uh, Saturn. Yeah. Import- I, Saturn was where I got an importing stuff. Was I, I brought it in. There was a... Uh, it was an import shop in Burlingame called uh, Network Video, and I, I brought it in. I wanted to play X-Men, X-Men Children of the Atom, which was never coming here uh, with the uh, memory card. Yeah. Because uh, it came with a memory thing, and that would help you, let you run, uh, I think, was it X-Men versus Street Fighter? Was, yeah. That was the thing you needed that for. And so I went in, and they put a mod thing, put a mod in my Saturn, with a little switch, a little toggle switch on the back. You can switch between U.S. and, and, and Japan. And I got that, and all the fi- I, I have half my Saturn collection is is import fighting games and and yeah. like stuff like that because that was what I started playing all the time, and I did, had them do the same thing to my PlayStation. Like half my my stuff was import Dreamcast and PlayStation One games at one point, and then I got into the actual press and didn't have to pay for anything anymore, <laughs> and had debugs to play stuff yeah. on, which is a very different situation. But oh yeah, like like and and you would when you're importing stuff for like the Saturn and the Dreamcast, you drop 80, 90 bucks, a hundred bucks on something and not blink because that's just yeah. what it costs to get it over here. Yeah, I remember I got Wave Race, the Japanese version mm-hmm. of Wave Race, because it came out in Japan earlier, and yep. I wanted to cover it, and I spent like one forty for that. Yeah, I bought. I think it was it must have been one hundred and ten for uh, Smash Brothers. All Star Diranto Smash right. Brothers, mind yeah. you, and like the 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 worst part is I didn't want to modify my my system, so my copy Japanese copy of Smash Brothers is filed down. So no, that's how I so did all mine. The, I just cut the, the tabs thing. off of the cart. Yeah, but I have I that's have, all the that's all the that was the all the copy protection was. they had. Yeah, it was just two pieces of plastic yeah, have, that would bump against each other, and you could have, just cut it off and slide your cart right yeah. in. But I have that and Sin and Punishment and Me too, um, yeah. that Evangelion game that yeah. was actually like way better than it should have been. Yeah, um, I have a weird game called Sumo Sixty Four <laughs> from Japan. It's one of the worst video, and I spent like one hundred and thirty bucks for that. But it was we were just desperate for coverage because there's literally like you haven't seen software droughts like there were for the N64. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. There, there was a point where you were excited to get your hands on Mischief Makers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do have an yeah. import of that too. Shake, That's shake. actually a really good game. Shake, 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 shake. I mean, yeah. that was treasure. It was that was the the heyday. <laughs> 
Uh, Nox Aeternitatis. I think I may have got that right for the first time. Uh, he, he says that that loss save that I had from Assassin's Creed Valhalla was a problem with UB servers, mm-hmm. not the console. I, I know that. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Um, and Schneeky says Americans are lucky. Everything is so much cheaper there. You're right on that one, True. too. Um, let's see. Uh, Cinetike. I had a long conversation in a, in a, in a taxi at a, uh, for a gaming event once with, with two Australian gaming journalists about how much they pay for things down there. Oh, it's a nightmare. Wow. I know. Even Canada. Prices yeah. are way higher oh, in yeah. Canada. Everywhere. We're very lucky. Um, anyway, he says, Cinetike says, I would love to see digital versions of the game sell for less. They, they can't be resold. They don't require producing discs, plastics, and distribution. Why aren't they less? I agree a thousand percent. Uh, because of contracts with the retail outlets. Actually, That's somebody it. asked Pactor that question in this round of episodes. There's an episode coming up mm-hmm. where he addresses this. I agree with you a thousand percent. He... I'm not going to spoil it, but he he has I've, a different take on it than I do. Right. Well, I think that, will, and especially judging by how PC game prices work, I think that will stay the way it is until brick and mortar retail game sales end. Yeah, it could be. Like you, you want cheaper digital prices? You got to say goodbye to disc copies. I hear you though. It is garbage though if you think about it. That yeah, they're but like charging. But that you can't. You know, you're not going to keep the your retail partners happy if you're selling the same product for like ten, fifteen, twenty yeah, bucks no cheaper on your own buy. services because they're just like you're taking money away from us yep. by doing that. Yep. Why would I want to pay sixty bucks for a disc when I can pay forty dollars for the same product? And not even have to go to a store. Yeah, especially now that you, a lot of people are just totally okay with buying digital and oh, don't miss physical at all. So guilty. It's right. So it's a tough, it's a tough situation mm-hmm. to be put in. Unfortunately, and mm-hmm. you're right. Probably until retail goes away, which I don't. I think that's a long ways away. Yeah, I, I don't. I, mean, I don't think we need to think about that for a while. But yeah, I mean, seeing the the systems that have come out this this generation with no disk drive is a step, but I think it's going to be a I don't know if I'm ready to say. I mean, we'll see how this generation goes, but I'm not ready to say next gen is not going to have disc drives. Me either. So yeah, I, it does seem like the disc versions of the consoles are selling much better. Yeah. So far, it could change though. I mean, so I, I bought disc disc versions. Yeah. I have never used the disc drive on my PlayStation Five. Really? I still buy physical versions. I have me. used the disc drive on my Xbox Series X to play like Ninja Gaiden Black, mm-hmm. but not to play new stuff. I still, I already have like a decent library for my PS5. I do Physical games. I do not own a single physical game for the PS5. What about series? No. No. Wow. You're, you're, you're disc free in Gen yeah. 9 so far. It's awesome. Uh, let's see what people have to say about paying for upgrades. If anybody, uh, here's one from Knox. I don't expect free upgrades, but it's nice when it happens. That's kind of my perspective too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Tyler56721, maybe selfish, but I already have a PS5, so I don't really care. I think he means, like, in the, moving forward, he's just buying the PS5 versions of things oh. anyway, so he doesn't care what gets upgraded. He's willing to spend the extra 10 bucks or whatever. Yeah. To I get mean, he that. has to if he wants the PS5 yeah. version. And for a lot of these games, you're going to have to spend it no matter what anyway. Uh, JMRain99, what's up, man? Hope you're doing good. Um, I know it will stop at some point, but I'm going to enjoy it while it lasts. Of course, more money is what companies want. Mm-hmm. Agreed. I wouldn't be surprised if this was sort of part of the whole $70 price point plan. Because at a certain point, you're like, well, of course you have to charge an extra 10 bucks because otherwise you're getting it for free, you know? Otherwise, it's a pretty easy scam to buy the $60 last-gen version and then get the free upgrade. Like, that doesn't make any sense. So I think that was probably part of the deal. Yeah. Um, Greed, Greedfall. Greedfall just got a free upgrade. Did it get? Is it free? Yeah. 
the DLC is six ninety nine, but like the actual next gen upgrade to make it, it doesn't look good, but it looks better. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like the lighting probably nice. runs at a higher frame. Yeah, rate. it runs a little, it runs a little better. The lighting's nice. You can tell what that thing on your character's face is now. Yep. Looks um, like the PC version. Basically. Emperor Dread. I just got a PS five last week. Congratulations. I know that was probably a long struggle mm-hmm. for that. Uh, digital only version. If I can only get games from the store, I expect good upgrades, especially with the dry spell of launch titles. Yeah. We're actually going to talk about PS5 here in a little bit. We're going to talk about the state of play that just happened this past week. And we'll, bit, we'll get into some bit. of that stuff. Um, okay. It seems like most people are kind of in, in alignment with us. Like They're like, yeah, it's really nice if you can get it, but if not, it's not a deal breaker. So, And that's probably why they're doing it because mm-hmm. people are not angry about it they're not raising a ruckus about it so that gives ea the green light to do it um even though ea set expectations differently a year ago uh, with the initial release of these and i think it maybe that was part of the problem we got that rush at the beginning where everyone's like yeah we're gonna do it we're we're in with microsoft and we're in with sony and their plans and now they're like okay we the grace period is over it's time for us to make as much money as we can Sneaky Shaw the Snake is apparently going to go back and talk to his mom to see if they, they didn't throw out his Yu-Gi-Oh cards. <laughs> you should. If you have a card that's worth that much if money. You got the, if you've got original, you know, the first couple of, you know, I mean, most of them are, but like like that, that one and Metal Raiders and Magic Ruler, those are all worth stuff. Yeah. I was shocked when that Pikachu card that I got at E399 yeah. when I saw it was for oh, yeah. $2,000. I got a couple things. Like I got a couple stupid things like the metal tins, the holiday tins. Those things are worth a few hundred bucks each. Um, I got these things that are like master collections that I just got because they were like cool, like Egyptian themed like binders with mm-hmm. stuff. Those things go for like five, six hundred dollars. It's like it's crazy. Uh, also, because the people who were the kids who were that age when those came out are now adults, adults with money and they to have spend. a lot of disposable yeah. income. Yeah, totally get it. I've been there, and now I'm ready to exploit you for the same reason I was exploited. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> well, it's just it's just like a pyramid scheme. Yeah. We all take our turns paying in, and then you get to the top, you get to cash yeah. out. I just then, have I haven't gotten around to it because you know. The world ended for a while, yeah. but I do have a full set of first edition Blue, Blue Eyes White Dragon that oh. I, that I want to try to try to see if I can unload. Yeah, somewhere. I never really got into. Oh, there's a lot of comments in here. I never really got into collecting cards. It just I always loved cards and stuff. I never got super into everything, but like when Yu-Gi-Oh came out, my girlfriend got super into it. So like that was just sort of that'll do it. What we did for a while. Horse. Yeah. Um, and uh, she wouldn't play with me because she didn't want to lose. But like, <laughs> uh, it was it was collecting. It was fun. Uh-huh. You know. So, uh, and then I just sort of put them all in binders and never looked at them again. And they've been sitting in a box in my garage next to where all your camera equipment was stored for, yeah. uh, like well, hopefully year it's still we good it in there. And no oh, yeah, it's still good. Got into I, it. I kept all the open stuff in, in the house. The, oh, okay. All the stuff that's out there is all sealed. Gotcha. Um, Okay. Believe me, I know how to store things. Cinetai uh, says, I'm saving my Star Wars CCG cards for my retirement. I have a Luke with lightsaber. No no idea if it's valuable or not. Ah, the old CCG. <laughs> um, that's yeah. an interesting idea. Uh, I, I did look that up recently. It is not worth anything right now. Okay. But there will probably never be another Star Wars CCG. So I, and, and I've seen people start to do retro tournaments with them on Twitch and other places. Uh, especially now that Star Wars Destiny, the Dyson card game, that fa- Final Final Fantasy Flight games, Fantasy Flight <laughs> games, has discontinued as of last year. I think the CCG might have a comeback ready, ready coming in. And if it does that, the prices on that are going to shoot up. Oh yeah, for sure. So, yeah, definitely hold yeah, on. Hang to on it. to that. Hang yeah. on to that. It might be something to that. 
Uh, then Commander Fed says, finally, I've heard the issue with trying to sell cards right now is getting them validated takes forever. Yes. I have a friend who is on a wait list that is almost two years. Yep. I don't think it's two years. It can be depending on which one you go to, but there's more. Like, originally there was like only the one place, like the, the AMA or the AFA yeah. or whatever. Um, now there's other places that do that that are accepted by kind of the collecting community, and so it's not that bad, but like – you're probably waiting six months just about anywhere you go to that's with any reputation. That's about right. Yeah, well, the places that I've looked at to get my uh, Pikachu car graded, it's, it seemed like it was like around six months before they would get them back to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but Oh, baseball cards are – yeah, baseball cards might take two years. Oh, that's true. Because the volume there. The volume and just the the sheer – there's there, you know there's a bigger market for those. Oh, yeah, frankly. of course. You know, it, yeah. It, yeah, that's where it all starts. It's always fun to go. If you're ever in L.A., um, I highly recommend uh, taking some time if you have a free uh, Wednesday afternoon or, fr- or Saturday morning uh, and go over to the S- in San Gabriel Valley, go over to uh, Frank and Sons Collectibles Fair. It's basically like the dealer room of San Diego Comic-Con, but without the Comic-Con every weekend. And it began, it's, it's in a nicer place, it's in an old Sam's Club now, but it began in a furniture warehouse uh, as a sports card swap meet basically mm-hmm. and it grew into a giant nerd fest basically and the funniest thing to me i haven't been to the new one in the sam's club because they that happened right as they shut everything down for the pandemic but um the funniest thing about it was like in the center it was a bit you know it's just huge huge like furniture where storage place that's been turned into all booths like a like a like a dealer room basically yeah. and in the center of it the center aisles are where all the car, the sports card stuff is and the sports memorabilia stuff and everything else that had grown out of it was like all the nerds, all the cards and anime shops, and da, 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 da. and you go to the middle, and it's just all these like angry older men trying to sell baseball cards, and they're, like, and they're all surrounded by all these want. fucking weirdos, <laughs> and you can tell that there's like it's like it didn't used to be this way. <laughs> it's, it's very funny. To me. It is funny. It's just it's, you see a certain audience all around it, and then right in the middle, very different audience. Yeah, it was just it was just very the funny. founders of it. Yeah, in and a lot sometimes of ways. like they, forced out. and they have they have signings and things all the time. Where I got a lot of my uh, Transformers voice actors to sign my DVD set, but some weekends it's like voice actors or like game people or whatever, and some sometimes it's just the Dodgers are coming. Yeah, yeah. and it's a and if you if you don't want to deal with crowds, go when the Dodgers are coming. <laughs> Because that that's no one funny. no one goes. That's funny. That's hilarious. You would think it would be the opposite. You think, but like, it's just not the venue, right? right? Yeah, it's not you the know? place for it. Yeah, that's that's pretty hilarious. Um, the good news is, the longer it takes for your cards to get graded, they're just going to go up in value. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like this Pikachu card that I have, that's worth like two grand right now. Like, I'm not selling that thing now. Like, I'm going to wait until like I'm ready to retire. Yeah, definitely get it graded. Yeah, yeah, but, of course. Yeah, yeah. But that, the grading can last forever. Yeah, it lasts forever. So, and also once you grade it, it comes back in this like plastic case. It's all protected, and and you have to pay for it, mm-hmm. but it's worth it. And then you just throw it in a closet somewhere. And when you're ready re- to retire, you bring all that stuff yeah. out and head to eBay or an au- some. You thought we wouldn't get to three hours today? Why? Where are we right now? <laughs> Well, I'm in. I am inflating some of the topics. I'm oh, allowing. Sure. How how oh, yeah. often do we go to the chat in the middle of one right. of our discussions? Very rarely. So I'm trying to make this a fun episode for everybody, and everyone can get involved with it. Sinisen um, says I have X Files cards, including Mulder <laughs> and Scully. I'm guessing those are not worth that much money. Probably not. Um, maybe <laughs> All the right that person. Stuff, all trading cards based on like TV shows and that stuff. It never has any value. Because um, the TV show goes away and no one yeah. cares anymore, and they're not in. Yeah, you know, just screen. You know, the, the collectors don't care about screenshots of movies and TV. Like yeah. original art is always what what gets you yeah. value. Absolutely. Later on. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk about WitcherCon, which happened this last week. My guess, Matt, is that the folks at CD Projekt Red 
We're very happy to... Look, look at the thing you like. <laughs> the thing you still like. No one has a cybernetic arm here. I'm sure they were like, okay, we need like 50 people to sign up for this. And like the whole studio was like, oh, go. Yeah. Can we please talk about something that we did that people like? Yeah. Suddenly there's a line to discuss Gwent. Yeah, exactly. There's like a panel. People camping out to see the Gwent panel, the overnight or whatever. Uh, so anyway, Matt, was this the first year that WitcherCon has happened? Have they done this before? If they've done it before, I hadn't heard of it. Yeah, I don't remember it ever happening before. No, Do I don't pay a lot of attention to convention stuff. Me either. Like, Do you think this was like them trying to rehab their image a little bit? A little bit, but also I think it's just a confluence of like a whole lot of Witcher stuff happened at the same time. Because now, the, the, now that the series was a hit you know, uh, at the end of 2019... And as season two's coming up, there's a lot more Witcher projects in the pipeline, and yeah. there's actually something to talk about now. Yeah. Um, and so it happened this past weekend, and there was a lot of news. I mm-hmm. mean, because you would think WitcherCon, Witcher 3 came out like four years ago. Like, what would they yeah. talk about? Well, <laughs> they had plenty to stuff. talk about. There's a lot of stuff coming based on the Witcher franchise. Do you think a lot of this stuff is just because of how well the Netflix show did yeah, season one? I think so. That's crazy, don't you think? I mean, some of it is because the games are popular, but yeah. I think a lot of it is uh, everyone knows who the Witcher is now. Yeah. You know, it, and that's also a thing in licensing. You know, it's easier to go to these companies that make licensed products and pitch them on making a Witcher thing because they know the Witcher from Netflix and Henry Cavill and everything. Uh, yeah. That's... Uh, it's crazy. You know, it's 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 a it, you know the, the games definitely made it international and made it bigger than it ever had been outside of Poland. But the Netflix show made it a household name. Yeah, I mean, people that I know that don't, don't care about games at all now know what The Witcher is. Yeah, and that's great. That could bode very very well for The Witcher Four mm-hmm. as far as sales. Oh yeah, the awareness for the franchise is way higher than it mm-hmm. used to be. Um, and along that vein, there was a ton of stuff announced. Um, the only real you got a Pokemon Go game, right? Yeah, the only really game-related thing is a Pokemon Go clone, essentially set in the Witcher universe. It was announced before this, though. They just kind of released a new trailer for it. It's called The Witcher Monster Slayer. It's for iOS and Android. It launches for free in like a week on July 21st. Again, iOS and Android. And it is an augmented reality RPG. Just so you like can Pokemon. only play it if you wear your hair like Geralt. <laughs> In the top bun like Geralt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would actually liken this a little more to like the Lord of the Rings game instead of Pokemon Go. Although the Lord of the Rings game was just as blatant a ripoff as, yeah. as this is. But it's the same deal. It's augmented reality. So whatever, wherever you are, that's the background. And then yeah, it's, a, it's a game that makes you walk places. It's, yeah, it's all the same thing. It is. Yeah, I guess you're right. It is kind of the same thing. Um, will you play this, Matt? No. We will you play any of those games? Like, did you play Pokemon Go a lot? I played Pokemon Go a fair amount. Yeah. Yeah. But it's I the first of... game to get me to do that. That's for sure. Right. I mean, the, part of the Pokemon Go thing was like everyone I knew was playing it, and my girlfriend was playing it. We'd all we'd go places to play it. Like, you know, we like it got us out of the apartment more often yeah. than anything else we'd done we, forever. Ever maybe. Like we went over the <laughs> we went down to the the you know the pier and the beach to get like water ones, and we went up to the up to up the up to like the observatory to get you know like it was like. It was fun. It was it was a it was a social activity. I'd go you know you go out to the to that you know the La Brea Tar Pits Park, and like I'd never seen that many people there before. Uh, yeah. There were people that had like like live stream setups with a laptop doing Pokemon Go live streams in the park. Like it was, it was nuts for I'd a never while. Never seen there, anything dude. like it in my for life. It was amazing. It was crazy. And watched... Everyone was you saw anyone walking down the street with like like looking at their phone, and you just like you look up and you you both knew you were out there playing Pokemon. Yeah. At the same time. Oh, it was I went to amazing. A, this little dinky church that's like two blocks away from me to get more Pokeballs. I had yeah. run out, 
and there were twelve people yep. standing out there getting pokeballs. Like mm-hmm. all that seems. And you see be people over. at like the poke at the at the the. the stops and like the, at the at the gyms and stuff where people are like you hear someone just go like hey somebody throw up a throw up a bait and like someone is like, yeah. like it was just that was just what everyone was doing <laughs> like it's so crazy do you think it, that ship has sailed at this point though i mean I pokemon mean, go is still very popular it's huge still uh, it's actually making more money now than oh, yeah. it ever has my niece and they all they all still play the kids all still but play i don't it. see people playing it anymore it's well, because hard for me it's, to because understand it's, how it's making it's not more mass money. it's not mass thing anymore and also like people aren't going out and specifically playing it to go out to play it, like people just do it when they're. But I generally pull it out of Disneyland. Like I tend to remember it's be a, a great place because it's everything. Just stuff everywhere at Disneyland. Yeah. Also, like people have played it a lot more in the last like year and a half, I think, because they they basically, when the lockdown happened, they stopped making you have to go play. Like they just had all kinds of Pokemon show up everywhere, mm-hmm. so you didn't have to go out to like retail districts to find this or like the seaside to find water Pokemon. Like they, you just get a random assortment of Pokemon that would show up at your house basically. Yeah. Uh, which made it a lot more accessible for everybody, especially children who cannot drive. Yeah. Um, I went to a baseball game at Dodger Stadium, and there was a Pokemon in the center of the stadium mm-hmm. that was, like, 200 feet high. <laughs> like, they had, like, jimmied it to make sure that, like, if you were sitting in the seats and you were playing the game, the creatures were on the field, and they were just, like, skyscrapers, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Like, yeah. I mean, you that- see the players, like, down by their toes, and they're, like, these little ants. <laughs> like, I think this is a cool thing, the Witcher thing, but it's, like, it's I don't, I can't imagine. I mean, it's not going to be Pokemon Go numbers. Yeah. You'll probably do fine, but, like, it's not going to be a thing where, like, my friends want to go out and play the Witcher game. No. You know, it's, it's like, it's not. going to happen. We, we're not going to all go out to the La Brea Tar Pits to find a Leshen. Yeah. That's not, nobody does that. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I don't expect it to do very well, but it is free. And it does launch on the 21st, so yeah. not long to wait for that. Like, I understand why they made it. Yeah. Like, it's, it, I get it. Like, I, I understand why that pitch would, would fly in a boardroom. Yeah. Um, so they announced basically the release date for that. Well, that was a big announcement. But the biggest announcement, obviously, was the first trailer for season two of the Netflix show. We cannot show you that, unfortunately. Netflix, mm-hmm. anything we run from Netflix throws up copyright strikes. So we can't show you the first trailer for season two of The Witcher, which is so short-sighted and stupid. We also can't show you another thing that was announced for the first time, and that is The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf. That is an anime film mm-hmm. that launches August 23rd. So it's not not much longer to wait for that, about a month and a half, and that'll be out. And that is also a Netflix exclusive. We also can't show it to you guys, unfortunately. And they also announced that season two of The Witcher show launches on December 17th. Um, so... Everyone over the Christmas break is going to be binging season two of The Witcher, and I'll be one of them. Did you really enjoy the show, Matt? I liked it, yeah. Yeah, I liked it, too. I thought they did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not all. They announced some other stuff at WitcherCon. They announced something called The Witcher Ronin, and it is a manga mm-hmm. based on The Witcher. We can show you this um, as short as it is. We only have about 30 seconds of it. Um, but it's just a hand-drawn manga that you would – generally buy in japan although at this point manga is pretty big in the in the west it's as well everywhere what was uh, i saw some some poll that uh it was at under 16 uh something like or gen z i think only six percent of gen z has never seen anime really yeah dude back when i was like late don't even know what it was i was like the only one yeah. Like, I remember people would come over and watch it, and they'd be like, what is this? Oh, yeah. Like, I remember fi- being, being – it, w- it was a big deal if I found someone else who knew what, like, Robotech was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah or, it was or crazy. Akira or yeah. something. Like, honestly – Like, wanna... I hung out with people I didn't want to hang out with because they knew what anime was at times. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. 
the crazy part is where, honestly, I think where a lot of anime kind of took hold in the U.S. was it raves. So yeah, I could see you would that. go to raves and they'd have lasers and all the crazy lights, but the big screen would generally mm-hmm. just show anime yeah, I remember the that. whole time. Yeah. And a lot of people would be like, what any of that? those warehouse parties yeah. or anything like that in, in this, like South San Francisco, that was always you know, from, Ghost in the Shell was always on a yep, screen. Somewhere. From early 90s up until like yeah. 2000, 2005. Bubblegum crisis yep, and things every like Every rave party that I would go to mm-hmm. showed anime. And like, and then people would pick up on it, and then you'd see people with anime mm-hmm. T-shirts at the raves, and that stuff just filtered out to the general society as people they left the rave and went out and said, "Hey, I found this cool thing at this mm-hmm. weird party that I was at." Now it's mainstream, and now it's yeah. This that also, by the way, that's an there's been an ongoing series of statues that they've been doing for the Witcher characters, done as you know as a. Like I think Geralt, Geralt is, looks just like that. He's a Ronin, mm-hmm. and there's one of uh, Siri as uh, like a like a like a samurai sort of setup. And they just announced, I think the same day as announcing the rest of this, they announced it's a statue of uh, Yennefer mm. as a ninja. Oh, um, like a purple ninja outfit, mm-hmm. uh, and they look really good. I don't know why suddenly there's a lot of like the Witcher Witcher as a samurai thing, but uh, okay, why not? Yeah. Um, the statues are like four hundred bucks, so uh, they're they're not Damn. nothing. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. Um, so anyway, there's a manga coming, uh-huh. and then the final announcement that they made at WitcherCon is that the PS5 and Series X versions and a PC version of The Witcher Three with Netflix show related items mm-hmm. is also coming this year before the end of the year. They didn't give a hard release date, and that is a free upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you own The Witcher on PS4 or Xbox One. Or PC. Um, that's a free upgrade. It's coming before the end of the year. That game could use it. Could use the extra horsepower. Oh, yeah. That and I think they, they broke the HDR on Blood and Wine on the Xbox, uh, one of their more last updates for it. So hopefully that will solve that problem because I'd like to go – I'd kind of like to go back and play that game for a fourth time. Yeah. I have a problem. Um, also, uh, if you want to look it up, there is a uh, Witcher, Witcher board game called The Witcher of the Old World that uh, just finished kickstarting and is now available for late pledge and that is a I went all in on that one but that is a um uh basically it takes place like long before the games in the show and like it's back when the witchers were like in their heyday mm-hmm. and you all play witchers going around the, the the countryside uh killing monsters and trying to like earn coin and outdo each other for you know uh making political alliances and stuff it's it's pretty cool um, th- this is exactly... And Siri's in it because she can time travel. Oh. This is exactly <laughs> what CD Projekt Red needed. A cheerleading session. Yeah. <laughs> with a game that they know everybody loves and has positive memories of. Um, and they could go and kind of just be with those fans. Well, positive memories unless you had a PS3. Yeah, exactly. Well, did you see also this week that Cyberpunk 2077 went up on the PlayStation Store and it was the top-selling game on the PlayStation Store for mm-hmm. the week? Um, so they put it back up, and immediately it became the best-selling yeah. game on the marketplace. I actually did load that up when the last patch, the big last patch went up, just to kind of poke around at it. I, first of all, I don't remember what the hell any of it, what to do in any of it. And second, um, I don't, I, I don't, I just didn't know where to start again. I certainly, certainly, I'm not going to start over. I, don't yeah. know. I, I actually uninstalled it. I'm going to wait until they do the next gen patch, and then I'll try it again. I eventually uninstalled it because every single time I booted up my PS5, I got an error message saying there wasn't enough space to Mm. download the latest update to Cyberpunk 2077. How big is that thing at this point? Uh, It's it's not like 60 gigs. 
It's still only 60 gigs? Well, it, that's what it was on my Xbox. Okay. Anyway. I don't know what... I, Probably I, roughly the same yeah. on PS5. Uh, but I just said, no, I finished it already, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not interested. The in- biggest install I have on my Xbox is on anything, actually, is uh, the, the Master Chief Collection. No. It was like 150 or 120, that makes 130 or that's something. a lot of games. Um, and now that they've added 4K textures and all that yep. stuff, it's going to bloat yep. for sure. Um, that Matt- thing is easily doubled in size since it came out. Yeah. Matt, are you surprised at how good of a job they've done with The Witcher? Because Witcher 3 came out. It was a Game of the Year candidate at pretty much every publication, and it reviewed really well, and it sold really well. But could you have ever anticipated that it would – because it was still kind of an underground game back then. Mm-hmm. Um, could you ever have anticipated that it would become as big as it has? I mean, I always thought it had the potential to. So really? From the, from the original game, yeah. I, I was I was the annoying Witcher cheerleader from the start with this series back in the day. You know, when I – I wandered into the Bioware booth, and there was a Polish guy in the back of the room. Maybe it was Tom Ole. I don't remember. It might have been. I don't remember who it was, but yeah. they were they were dem- demoing this thing called The Witcher, and I remember hearing that that name and being like, "Witcher? What the fuck is a witch?" Like, right. like that. And so, like, I I read something about that that was going to be in the booth or whatever. So I went over, I'm like, "Show me what this Witcher thing is," and he showed me this. You know, did a demo for me, and I'm like, "This is really cool. Like, I, I really like this this world and like what they're showing." And that's how I discovered. You know, I read the books off of that, and I played the original game. I mean, I have every version. As far as I know, I have a copy, a physical copy of every version of one, two, and three that was ever released, down including. A press-only preview version of Witcher One, the enhanced edition that uh, Wade brought back for me from Gamescom. Wow! Um, that you could only get there if you were press. Um, and like a, the, the like the press thing where you pull the cube open, it falls open, and there's a shirt in it and everything. Like there's like I went nuts on the Witcher. I loved the, the world. I loved the the, the lore and, and how it all worked. And I always thought like if you could get this somehow out there in a more playable form, uh, it would be a big big deal. And Witcher Three is finally where they did it. You know, I know people have their problems with the combat, but the combat is functional at the yeah. very least. It's not as it's not like the first game I can barely play now. It's a it's a you know it's a clutch together you know reworking of the, the Neverwinter Nights one engine. Mm-hmm. Um, it barely functions anymore. Uh, Witcher two I still like, but it is um, stiff and hard to sort of figure the combat out early on. Um, and it gets it's, it's one of those games is like really really hard when you start, and as you level up, it gets much much easier. Mm-hmm. So the level the difficulty curve is sort of backwards, yeah, uh, which doesn't tend to you know break out in the mainstream too well. Yep. Uh, Witcher three is just you can pick pick it up and you can play it. That's all there is to it. And yeah. Uh, so yeah, it doesn't. I mean, I am obviously I didn't expect it to be the phenomenon it turned out to be, uh, but I always thought it had that potential. Um, obviously, I could also have not have predicted the Netflix show. Yeah, I mean, the Netflix um, show is a has been a bigger deal on oh, yeah. several levels more than I in ever terms of breaking thought. it out into like just about anyone you know now knows is what going is. to know what the Witcher is and be able to sing the damn song yeah. and all that. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny. Like it's uh, you know, and now we're gonna get season two and it's gonna start all over again. Yeah. Um, I also feel like it proves that uh, Henry Cavill can play even when he's playing a very straight laced, you know, no no sense of humor character. He is charismatic, yeah, uh, which makes the his Superman even less right. his fault. Exactly, yeah. Um, I'll say this: I am equally happy with how CD Projekt Red has handled The Witcher as I am disappointed mm-hmm. in how CD Projekt Red handled Cyberpunk. Right. Well, I think the you know, in the end The Witcher 3 success is is part a logical extension of the trajectory they had been on from Witcher 1 moving forward. Yeah. Cyberpunk is the shock. Yeah. that they 
that they just suddenly biffed it that hard. They did. Like yep. you, you would not have thought that that was in the cards for them, but nobody did. Yeah. I mean, it caught all of us off guard for sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's got to feel good for them to do an event where they can just mm-hmm. forget about that other stuff and celebrate something that they've done very well with. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, a lot of this started. stuff they don't have anything to do with as well. So, well, they still have to license it out. They have no, to they don't. seek out those parts. They don't own the Witcher IP. They own the the game stuff, but they do not own like the the Netflix show. So, do you show, think all this stuff Netflix was sh- done with the book IP and the not ne- the, the Netflix game? show? Is a, a license of the book IP? Yes, it is. What about the other stuff? Uh, dep- I don't know. Depend. I mean, I think the Ronin stuff must be licensed from the game because it uses the game's version of right. the character designs. Right. Um, so some of that, I don't know what the ins and outs of that are exactly, but I do know specifically the Netflix show has nothing to do with CD Projekt Red. So they didn't even consult on it or anything? No. Interesting. No. In fact, the author went on and on about how, like, this is the true Witcher and this uh, is a real... This is an adaptation of the books. Yeah. Like, like that, yeah. And, which is good because if you watch the Witcher series, you will then now understand what the fuck Witcher Three is talking about <laughs> a lot of the time. Um, yeah, because a lot of people I know, you know, started with Witcher Three. Very few people played Witcher One. Yeah, and more, but not a ton, played Witcher Two. A whole lot. You know, I'd say the majority of the people played Witcher Three came to it fresh from nothing. Oh yeah, I, I and I had a lot of people who were like, you know, knew I was a fan of the whole series and was like. So what happened in the other games to explain this whole thing with Siri and all this? I'm right. like nothing, absolutely nothing. It's all a sequel to the books. Like it has, like there's nothing in the previous games outside of like some vague mentions of Siri, yeah. or uh, that would that would tell you what was happening there. Yeah, uh, you know, he, we knew you. You know, he's looking for Yennefer in the previous game, but like you don't know who she is. Like all the yeah. backstory on their relationship is from the books. Yeah. Um. So it's uh. You know, once you get the Netflix show sort of done. And they got a lot of material. I mean, it's not going to be done anytime soon. They got a lot of books to cover if they want to do everything. Um, you'll have a very, you know, you'll be able to watch that show and then play the games, and they'll all sort of tell a complete story. Yeah. And uh, that'd be great. I, and I, I think they should probably get a remake of The Witcher One done before someone wants to do that. I, mean, I would you, agree with that. Yep. You, you want an entry level game that. You know, sets so everything in motion. Easier to play and is not just strapped on the PC. They could maybe even just do one game that encapsulates everything everything that happens in the first two games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that would work. So it's, there you go. Uh, That's yeah. WitcherCon twenty twenty one. So at the very least, at least everybody's cooperating here because I think you know the fact that the Netflix show is mentioned in, alongside the CD Projekt Red yeah. projects means that everybody's getting along for yeah. the most part. That's so important that's when you're working on an IP like that because mm-hmm. that sure. could have easily turned into a competition. Yeah. Absolutely. A pissing match, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. So there you go. That's WitcherCon 2021. I'm guessing it'll probably be back next year. Probably. Oh, they don't have to, they'll have another as long as people keep tossing already. coins to the Witcher, it's, uh, <laughs> it'll come back. It's going to come back. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on. We're going to talk about a couple things going on with Resident Evil right now. The first thing we're going to discuss is Resident Evil Village, and more specifically, the PC version of Village has been having problems with stuttering. It runs poorly. Uh, generally, it's just most people have, have said that it's a bad port, and PC players are pretty upset about it. And so, hackers decided to take the problem into their own hands and went into the code of the PC version of Village and basically disabled the DRM. And when they did that, suddenly, all the problems with the game were fixed. Mm-hmm. So the DRM that Capcom decided to put into the game for the PC version is causing the game to run like crap. Matt, I feel like... This is not uncommon. This is not the first time no. we've heard this story. No, that happens a lot. Why is that, though? 
because it's poorly implemented because it's you know it's layered on top of a game that was never tested with it because a lot of times with the DRM the DRM uh, method is not something the development team chooses it's it's sort of picked at the by the by the publisher at the end of development and you don't have time to figure it out um, a lot of the DRM solutions are poorly made in the first place uh, you know it's just, it's a it's a mess on a, on a number of levels how do you think that they sort through the cost benefit analysis of this because. Like as we said, this isn't the first time this has happened. Mm. Um, certain DRM programs are more notorious than others for doing yeah. this. As a publisher, how do you say, yeah, we're going to put that in? It could completely crush the sales of the PC version of the game, but we think it's worth it because then people can't pirate it. But um, if, it's a if combina- it causes people to not buy it, what good does that do? It's a combination of the fact that most of the people making those decisions don't know anything about video games and um, – PC versions of things are considered bonus. They don't care. That you, if you release something on consoles and PC, you are just assuming you are going to sell three times as much of the PC version as the PC version does on each console. Uh-huh. So PC sales, who gives a shit? Like that, that's pretty much the attitude. For so most you, you of the think major basically publishers. they're just putting it out there to just they're sticking it on so there because people it, don't complain. Well, they're sticking it on there because in their heads they're like, oh, we got to stop people from stealing our game, so we'll just put that on it. Uh-huh. Like that's about it. All and the, the sales are so low it. that they don't even consider don't even that it could turn people off to the PC version Who cares? of the game. They're selling triple that, if not more, on the consoles, and that's where the real money is. Do you so. think that's the same sort of thinking that every publisher does? Uh, certainly, the 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 thinking that goes through most of the majors. I don't. I think mean, like, like Devolver probably doesn't think that way, but Devolver doesn't put DRM on their stuff, as far as I know. Why do you think that PC? There are some PC games that sell exceptionally well. And there are some that don't. Like, why does Village? Why will Village sell like a hundred thousand copies on PC? Um, but you could release like some other game for PC that maybe debuts on PC and it does so much better. Um, again, because your 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 audience for that is mostly on console, um, and the the people don't care one way or the other. I guess. Um, what about a game like Battlefield or something like that, where it's just it's it's both a PC and a console franchise? Still sells way way more on console. Why is that? Time. Because there's more console players, and they're more willing to pay pay money to buy games. And piracy will always be an issue. And it's just the PC audience is not that big in terms of like hardcore game stuff. How can it not be? Because there's more people that have console have you know PC games, but also like a lot of those like I don't remember the last time I paid full price for a PC game. I will wait however long it takes to get a Steam sale on that thing or whatever. Now like, maybe we're getting to the root of the issue, but like, which is the PC versions of games have been devalued. Yeah, and that's what happens when there's no uh, physical copies. Right, yeah. When you can set the, your own price, people are going to wait for that price to get reset. Yep. Um, I'm not paying 60 bucks for a PC game. Like, Don't you think it's weird, though? I mean, look, I agree with you. Like, I would, it, I would struggle to pay full price for a PC game. Mm-hmm. I'm not even 100% sure why, but... Don't you think that's odd that we both kind of have this thing kind of stuck in the back of our heads mm-hmm. of like, oh, no, I'm not going to pay full price for PC yeah, software. Well, because the digital pricing became so competitive that we're used to like seeing sales almost immediately. Yeah. And that happens all the time. It doesn't happen as, you know, and I mean, you are getting some of that on the console where like, you know, six weeks later, they're going to be 40 bucks. You know, that happens for a lot games, now for, for a lot sure, of the big yeah. games, even the big ones. Yeah. Um, if they don't sell well, for sure. So like, you know, that's, that's in play. Uh, 
it's uh, it's just how, you know digital pricing has has made things a little faster, a little more competitive. Steam sales for all those years definitely conditioned PC gamers to expect deals. So like, why would you spend an extra thirty, forty bucks on something when you can just wait a year and get it for twenty? Yeah, you know, like I still do that. You know, like PC gaming is not a huge priority for me anymore, but I still do that. It's like, oh, I haven't I haven't played uh, Wasteland three. And now it's 19 bucks in the Steam, so I guess I'll get it and play it now. It's like it happens all the time. And I love Wasteland. I, I, there's yeah. no reason I, I, you know, if Wasteland was a functional game, I got it on Game Pass on Xbox. But mm-hmm. like, if it was something I could only play by paying sixty dollars for, it, I probably would. But I can wait a little bit, and it'll go down. You know, it's also Nintendo has the opposite thing, where it's like I see no reason to wait to buy Nintendo games because they never they drop never in go price. Down. Yeah. Why do you think if this is a case? Why and you do you can think... you can hate Nintendo all you want for that, but it works. It's well, it's just common business. Yeah. If this is the case, why do you think Sony is pushing so hard to get its games on PC? Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's confusing. <laughs> it's like I mean, I would argue they are not pushing that hard. It's just something they're like doing. Right, but that takes money. It Some. takes commitment. It takes a lot of stuff that you have to handle to get your games on PC. If they do sell so poorly, do you think Sony thinks that it can be the one that kind of breaks the mold because its first-party games are generally I have so no good? idea what Sony's thinking on it's this. It's bizarre, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. If you're a PC player, do you ever get fed up with this crap and get a console? <laughs> like, I know a lot of people who have, yeah. Yeah. Especially now that PS5 I mean, and series consoles are like a yeah. pretty good game. I mean, game I, know, I know four people personally who are going to buy a PS5 to play Horizon 2. Okay. And you know why they're going to do that? Because they played Horizon 1 on PC. Oh, And they don't want to wait for Horizon 2. Interesting. So that might be your answer to the Sony thing. Well, that also means that Sony's stra- yeah, Sony strategy is working, using the PC yeah, version. Because they're the- selling systems to these people. Right. Because they don't want to wait a year, two years to play Horizon 2, because yeah. they like Horizon so much. Interesting. So that does kind of answer the question. Now, Why that's is obviously pushing- small-scale anecdotal evidence, but like... That's yeah. happening, and a couple, two of those people have never owned a game console before. They are PC gamers. Wow, I, I could not. One of them told me that I could not believe it. I'm like, you're going to buy a PS5? He's like, if I can find one. Yeah, and I'm like, fair, but like, I think the other part of it too is he that, loved Horizon. Yeah, he wants to play the second one, and the only way he can play that in a timely manner is to get a PS5, and they got him. Yeah, I mean, the other thing is that nobody can buy a GPU now. Right. I've been trying to buy a GPU for like a year and a half. I can't get one. Mm-hmm. Nobody can really get them. I was in a couple. My brother-in-law can. Yeah, he talked to me after the show. I was in a couple <laughs> raffles on Newegg, No Luck. Like I've tried everything. My brother-in-law has been doing a lot of Robin Hooding. Oh yeah, like where he he, he gets the consoles and the, and the graphics cards and then resells them to, to people at retail. Oh, um, he's awesome. Because he hates he uses the same bots and everything as the as the as the scalpers. Yeah, but he just doesn't sell them for a profit. Yeah, because um, he hates scalpers. I'm just wondering if everybody people, got a hobby. Yeah, yeah. I'm just wondering if people are looking at consoles now as a viable alternative to PC because mm-hmm. it's hard to get GPUs and because both PS5 and Xbox Series can pretty much do most of the stuff that even high-end PCs are doing at this yeah, point. Yeah, for now, there's not a whole lot of gap there. There's not a big gap there. Um, and so I could see, like, I honestly wish that my Xbox Series con- X was like a PC and that I could plug a monitor into it and plug a keyboard, and you can, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have the applications on it that you would need to use it as a normal PC. Like, it doesn't have Windows right. on it, even. So I can say that about it. I've mentioned but... this before, that, like, I think it would be really smart for Microsoft to install some very bare-bones version of Windows on it with Word and, you know, Excel and, like, all the very basic stuff that people in a web browser or, like, a really good web browser um, oh, well, we're not going to get that. <laughs> yeah. Well, they have we're going to get Microsoft already, Edge. Edge is already on there. Yeah. You said really good web browser. Right. We're going to yeah. get Microsoft Edge. Right. Yeah. 
I, I would prefer that to stay all the fuck off my console. Thank how you. How come? Because fuck all that. I don't want any. I don't want Windows on my Xbox. Get it? I already have to suffer through Windows on my PC. I don't need it on my console. I as think my Series X is a more powerful PC than I have that I work might on be. from home. Uh, but look, as long as it's optional, fine. But I will never do Just that. Just do it. Ever. Yeah. Ever. Also, they charge you for having Word and all that. Like, they get a charge subscription to shit for all that stuff, don't they? That's how that works. I now. guess it, yeah, because they probably wouldn't let you like pull out your old Word disk no. and like plug it in and install it. Yeah, no. they, it would be. That's all subscription stuff. Now. I still think it could be popular. I think that there are people out there who maybe have worse PCs than I have that are like, I'd love to kill two birds with one stone and get an Xbox Series console and a um, new PC. I have I have my back my MacBook out when I, next to my on my table. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, it would never occur to me to want PC stuff on my on my console. I would love it. I would I would totally be down with it, but. Yeah, it's not for everybody, obviously, and mm-hmm. there are a lot of people who would probably agree with you that they don't want any kind of. An I mean, OS do it if they want, as long as as long as I don't have to. Right, I'm fine with it. Yeah, which much I, like the accessibility options and the easy modes on things. Like I don't right. have to use it, so why do I care? Yeah, if it's why in there? it doesn't affect you? Why would you care? Um, I can't believe that's a controversial statement. Here we are. Yeah, I can't. That, that came up with the Psychonauts two thing this week. With a what? Well, the, the, the Double Fine announced that Psychonauts 2 is going to basically have an invincibility mode and, and, and accessibility options that let you get through anything, no matter your ability for, uh, like, you know, platform, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. Basically, accessibility, so even no matter if you if you can't get past something, you can turn on invincibility or just get past something and, cause, so you can see the rest of the game. And, of course, gamers, trademark, uh, lost their fucking minds <laughs> about it because, like... Over Psychonauts 2? Yeah. Come on. And it's just like, why is this controversial? Like, don't, yeah, don't use absurd. it. that's absurd. Don't use it. It's the same thing with the Dark Souls things. Like if they add an easy mode, then don't use it. Don't use easy mode. Just don't mode. use it. Don't play it. It's on so easy. simple. Yeah, I got a big Twitter discussion about. No that No one's not impressed. Long ago. You finished Dark Souls. Like yeah. it's not going to lower your status anywhere. Yeah. Just... I got in a Twitter discussion about that not long ago that turned into kind of a thing. Like Jaffe ended up jumping in and like mm-hmm. commenting. It kind of got kind of big, but it was just the same arguments that everybody uses every time. Like there was no, ultimately there was no new revelations or. No. Any new implied? Like, I'm meaning. sorry. This is. I'm sorry. The difficulty of a game you play is is it's tied like to your, your ego. Badge of honor, that, I, yeah, I, but your ego. Like, you know, I tried to be very nice while I was discussing this with people. I didn't want to go there and say, "Look, like well, I'm out I of know pl- I'm out of other this. places to go at this <laughs> yeah. point." You know, like it's, I would like beat around the bush. At and a, yeah, at a certain point, it's like, okay, you're gonna be weird and obtuse about. it. I'm just gonna go straight for the fucking jugular on that. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like I don't care what anyone. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, the truth is, a lot of people, their identity is built in yeah. being able to finish those games. And they don't like the fact that it could be so easily taken away from them. Yeah. That's why it's like Psychonauts. Psychonauts that right. That's like, why Psychonauts 2, I'm like, what? Like, people are like, like, why would you ever want... Why, no one plays Psychonauts for the story. I'm like, really? Because it's the only reason I want to play it. I, I, I want to see more with those characters. Like, I, yeah. re- I remember the characters and the writing from the first game. I don't want to play the fucking Meat Circus again. Yeah, yeah. Like, I... I that's bizarre to yeah. me, Psychonauts 2. But some people may look at it like, well, if you do it with Psychonauts 2, <laughs> it's like the... Yeah, it's a, as Psychonauts 2 goes, there goes the world, well, as, it's like as they the say. like the gun nuts. Like, right. they, they're like, oh, like, this law isn't that bad, but if you pass that, they're going to come for my guns. Yeah. And it's the same deal here. They're like, well, if you're going to let people just skip through Psychonauts 2, what's next? Dark Souls? <laughs> like, it's a, sure. Yeah. Who cares? I don't care. It's a pathetic argument. Let's just be honest. Uh, so anyway, that's the latest kerfuffle with Resident Evil Village. Um, the PC version is trash unless you remove the DRM. And there yeah. is a version floating out there where you, that you can download. And, of course, that- now you've got a cracked version of the game floating around. It's like, and probably that would have happened anyway, but, like, all you've done with this stupid DRM 
is to 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 incite and force people to go in and make a make a pirate. (laughs) And now it's like, hey, if you get the pirated version, it works better. Yeah, it actually runs great. It's it's absurd. Like that's what I was talking about. Like the cost benefit analysis. Like did Capcom weigh that out? Like I don't know. Capcom is very good at self sabotage. (laughs) It does in more ways than just this. Uh, Agreed. Agreed. Uh, and then the other big thing related to Resident Evil that happened this week is a brand new Netflix series debuted called Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. Did you get to watch this, Matt? No. It is. Is this the cartoon? Or the... Okay. So I have a question, and I think you're exactly the person that I should ask about this. They are calling it an anime, but mm-hmm. it is a CG show. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I do not know what defines an anime. Anime is the Japanese word for animation. That's okay. it. That's so, all. Anime just means animation in Japan. So if, if uh, in fact, like, but they're calling that, it anime right. on Netflix, right? But ba- like, for, if it's produced in Japan, it's anime basically. And even beyond that, like, if if someone like was talking in Japan was talking about like the Batman the animated series, they'd call that anime. Like to the Japan, anime is not like the thing where we think of animation from Japan. Yeah, like, yeah, I, I get. It's that. not a genre. I'm just wondering why they label it that way in the West. Um, my guess would be uh, twofold. A, if it's produced in Japan, it technically is. Okay. Uh, CG CG is still anime. Okay. If it's made in Japan. Uh, second, I think anime has cachet with Western audiences oh, yeah. that would be interested in stuff like that. Yeah. So if they call you call it anime, they're going to assume it's not trash. Okay. Like that's sort of the the Trojan horse there. I think. Well, I guess the first thing I would say is that it's not trash, in fact. Mm-hmm. It's not great. Yeah. But CG, <laughs> I mean, you would still call Final Fantasy The Spirits Within anime. Okay. Even though it's a CG production. In Japan. Finest in Japan, yeah. I mean, it was made in Hawaii, technically, but still, it was made Rendered by Sakaguchi. in Hawaii, yeah. yeah, that's for sure. Um, so here's the other thing about this. It is supposed to be a TV series. It's four episodes, and it's only two hours long. So basically mm-hmm. what they did is they took a film... They chopped it up into four parts and decided to release it as a quote-unquote series on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and the it's very awkward. Like, the, where they cut between episodes rarely makes sense. Is the sense. jumping here part of the show, or is it the This clip? is to avoid getting copyright oh. strikes for Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Back to that self-sabotage thing again, huh? Capcom? Yeah. I may, I'll probably have to cover this up, in fact, before the archive goes up. But I just figured for the people who are watching the show live, a special treat. So here's the thing. Some shots in this literally look photorealistic. Like, mind-blowingly so. Where you blink, like, oh my god, that's CG? And then there are some shots that look terrible. It is literally on a shot-by-shot basis. Mm -hmm. This this, uh, TV show, I guess they're trying to make me call it. One shot looks amazing, and they'll cut to the next one, and it looks like a video game in real time. I don't know. A lot of it has to do with the lighting, how they mm-hmm. choose to handle the lighting in each scene. Um, and sometimes lighting can cover up some of the rough edges in CG. Uh, but there are moments when I'm watching this where it like blows my mind, and there are moments watching this where I'm like, uh, that looks like Resident Evil Village, or maybe worse in some cases, to be honest. Um, it, so it is a four-part series. It is set in between Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 5. And I will say this, I know a lot about Resident Evil, but even I, at certain points, was like, oh, some people are going to have no idea what's going on. They assume that you know a lot already about the franchise. So 
The plot is basically, it's another zombie outbreak, and it starts at the White House. So the whole show kicks off at the White House. The president is there. Somehow zombies get into the White House. And uh, What do you think this is, the Capitol? Right. <laughs> it's kind of crazy, actually, when you think about it. There are, there are some undertones to this show that <laughs> point in some directions, I will say that. Zombies are social commentary Yeah, in their so, purest form. So zombies show up. Leon comes in and cleans the zombies out of the White House. And the president then says, thank you for rescuing my daughter. Mm. The callback to Resident mm. Evil 4. Um, the other primary character in this that most people will recognize is is Claire. Mm-hmm. She's the other kind of co-star of it. Um, as you know, she and Leon has a history that goes back, um, I think, to Re- to Resident Evil 2. Yep. Um, and so there are some references to Resident Evil 2 in this. As I said, there are references to RE4. There are also references to Resident Evil 5. Um, and I feel like a lot of people who don't know Resident Evil, a lot of that stuff will just go completely over their heads, unfortunately. But the, the plot of the story is there's a zombie outbreak. They're trying to figure out what's going on. It turns out the, the Secretary of Defense has it out against China, and he is trying to create a war with China any way that he can. Also, again, you know, mm-hmm. more tentacles that reach out into the real world a little bit. Um, and, you know, I did kind of spoil some stuff by saying that in all honesty, but it's not hard to figure out because the writing isn't that great and honestly – it's not like you won't figure out most of the stuff that's going to happen before it happens in the show anyway. Um, the other thing I would say about it is that it's really low on action. It is really like a political drama more than anything. Um, because the Secretary of Defense, so you have like the president, and he has his two advisors. One advisor is like, no, we shouldn't do this stuff because it's going to start a war with China. And then the Secretary of Defense is like, a war with China is exactly what we need. So there's this tug of war between the president's two advisors, and that is really what would be, and I'm not going to share it, what would be the spoiler in talking about this is whether the president decides to go with one of those guys or decides to go with one of the other guys. Um, And that's kind of the whole plot of it. It's four episodes, under two hours to watch all four of them. Again, it's pretty obvious that it was a film that they created, that Netflix Mm -hmm. was like, well, let's just chop this up. Let's find a place where we can cut out of each episode, and they do not find a good place to do that. Um, as I said, the CG is uneven. Some of it looks really good. Some of it looks really bad. Um, there's a tyrant in the show. He's kind of like the big monster bad guy that shows up that you that Leon and crew have to take on. Um, it's exceedingly gory. There are some pretty awesome scenes in it, too. Like There's one scene where Leon is attacked by rats in this like tanker, and, and I don't want to spoil it, but there's some really imaginative stuff in this show where I'm like, oh, okay. Like, they get Resident Evil, and that makes sense. And then there's other parts where it just seems like they're completely tone deaf, in all honesty. Um, is it worth the two hours to watch it? I would say yeah. Like, I enjoyed it. I didn't feel offended by it. I didn't feel like it made the franchise look bad. I didn't feel like it made the video games look hokey. Um, I thought the plot was as good as any plot in any Resident Evil game. I'll say you, that much. You want to spoil it, you're just going to show it. Oh, there it is. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize it was in that B-roll. Um, I did enjoy it, and you can literally just sit down. Like, as soon as this show is over, you can sit down and watch it. It's two hours. It's on Netflix. If you're a subscriber, you can just boot it up and watch it. Um, would I recommend people spend money to go to a theater and watch this? No. Would I recommend that people spend $5 to rent it on VOD? No. Uh, as part of your free Netflix subscription, I do recommend that you watch it, though. So uh, I had fun with it. 
Um, it's it's not as big and dumb as you might expect. It is a drama more than anything. Mm. If you're going in just expecting to see a bunch of zombie heads explode, there is a little bit of that, but that's not really the crux of it at all. It's weird how talky a lot of those Netflix shows are. Yeah. I mean, it did it with The Witcher, too. Yeah. The Witcher, there wasn't a lot of action in The Witcher. They do it with everything. Yeah. The Marvel shows were like that. Yeah. Yeah. Castlevania I, was like that. Yeah. It's okay. Like, it develops characters. It actually, eh. in a lot of ways... Makes I gotta it, be interested first. Yeah. Like, it works It works in some, and it doesn't work in others. Which ones do you feel like it didn't work in? Uh, most of the Marvel stuff. Yeah. And, um, I've, I don't like the Castlevania series. I, I... I think it's incredibly boring. I think it is kind of boring. I made it... I plowed through season one. Maybe made halfway through season two, and I haven't went back. Same. Yeah. Season so, one I thought was pretty good, though. I... Found season one very boring. I, I, it was it took, slow. It took two. It's what was it? Six episodes. It took three episodes yeah. to get going. Like yeah. Like I'm not a fan of the reluctant protagonist trope. Yeah, like, I don't like, like it either. I know what you're gonna end up doing. So get on. And like the, and <laughs> like the, get se- on with it. the season ended after everyone agreed to do something. Yeah. And then it, yeah. it was over. It was like and okay, was, great. That's why that should have been the end of episode one, guys. Right. Get on with it. Yeah. Like, I'm so tired of the pacing issues that Netflix shows have. have. Like the Marvel Stranger shows, Things does that too. It does. Stranger Things takes forever. To get to, to get to anything, it does. Yeah, we don't we don't know more any more about the upside down than we did after episode two of season one, three years in. Yeah, that's mostly true. What are they doing? What is it? Why? Why? What do they want? What do all these things want? What's the, what's happening? No, nothing. It's nothing. Well, they, they probably feel like if they reveal that, the a lot of the interest in the show will wane. I or, bet, and it probably would. I mean, I think they found their feet in season three when they realized that people were here for those characters. Yeah. As opposed to season two, which separated them all out and didn't mm-hmm. get them together for the synergy until the final episodes. Right. Whereas like season three was all of them kind of interacting and putting different characters with other characters and seeing what happened, and that was much more interesting. Now, I, I can be a sucker so. for TV shows and games that at the end, all the people that you've run into and helped or they helped you – all band together mm-hmm. to like finish the job, whatever oh, yeah. the job. But that may was be. sort of the appeal of Stranger Things season one, and then season two. It's like as soon as you find weird shit, you should get together all right. the people you fought weird <laughs> shit with a year ago and yeah. be like, "Hey, I found some more weird shit. This yeah. is probably related to the other weird shit." Yeah. And not take it home, put it in a tank, and let it eat your cat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's another reason why I like uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Yes. It does that at the end. Yes. It, it's, a, it's a good payoff for, like, mm-hmm. dedication to see, like, the people that you helped or helped you kind of all come together in one group. Yeah. And Mass like, Effect does that, too. It's it a, does. It's yeah. A, it's, it's, I like it's a good like reward. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, – that that fits with just sort of the Netflix model somehow. I don't know if that – if they tell people to do this. Like, make sure nothing happens for the middle part. Yeah. Or, like, the, 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 the one – the thing that bugged me about, like, the, the Marvel ones was, like – Especially at, like Daredevil season one is pretty good. I uh, love Daredevil Jessica, season Jessica one. Jessica Jones season Loved one. Loved it. And once you get past a certain point, it's just like, okay, so the, the structure of these seasons is something happens. Every single possible combination of two characters has to discuss the thing that right. happened over the next se- episode and a half <laughs> before another thing happens. Yeah. And then everyone has to rediscuss the new thing that happened. And that means like four things happen over the course of like 13 episodes and nothing actually gets done. Yeah. Um, Daredevil season one was the only Marvel show on Netflix that I liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two, didn't like it. I didn't like any of the other Marvel shows. I like the first part of season I thought the Punisher stuff was a really interesting take on that character. I tried. Uh, and then they switched over to the ninja stuff, and I did not care anymore. Yeah. Yeah, and now it's gone. Yeah. And then and then Iron Fist. I got three episodes in Iron Fist, and I never watched another Netflix Marvel thing again. That was it. I'm, I I'm tried out. to watch. What was the one with just, like, the girl? She's... 
Jessica. Jessica what, Jones. Yeah. I, I like that, that one. Was, I didn't. I thought it was terrible. Um, I like that one pretty mostly because of uh, I think Tenant was very good as the Purple Man. Yeah. Um, as Kill, Killgrave, but um, like it that one also sags in the middle, and there's yeah. a bunch of stuff where I'm just like, kill him, like just <laughs> kill him. Like, where it's all. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's funny. Uh, so anyway, those are the latest updates on Resident Evil. I do recommend you go check it out. Um, it's only two hours. There's not a lot of content right now on Netflix, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. particularly if you're people like us who are into the same things we're into. Yeah, you throw that one on the on the on the front of the the, the track screen. Just yeah. what have you got to lose? Sifted game. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but it is on Netflix right now, and uh, you can go check it out. I do recommend it. Um, I do not recommend buying the PC version of Resident Evil Village. <laughs> Um, all right, we're going to move on to a game that I mostly took the lead on when we discussed it last week because I had played it and Matt had not played it at that point, and that is Monster Hunter Stories 2. Matt, did you decide to play it based upon our discussion that we had, or had you planned all along to give I it mean, a I already had the, the demo installed. I just hadn't gotten around to it. Okay. Um, have you played the demo, or have you played the final version of the game? Both. Okay. I mean, I moved on to the Okay, imported. so you played the demo, and then you were like... And I imported it, yeah. Okay, and you liked it enough yeah, liked to it. buy the full thing. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about it. Um, I obviously just talked about it for like 25 minutes last episode, so maybe it's better for you to lead this discussion on it. Um, is there anything that I said last week that about the game that you maybe took a little differently or interpreted a little differently? I don't think so. Um, I was curious what the cutoff point was on the demo because I didn't finish the demo before the final game came out and just oh. sort of loaded the save in and kept going. Was it where the T-Rex thing shows up? It's when you get on the boat. Okay. That's I, what I the mean, demo I figured is. that's what it was, but, like, yeah. So I, I didn't – I had already gotten to the main game by the time I got to that point. Okay. I figured it was either when the T-Rex boss shows up or when you get on the boat. Yep, and it's when you get on the boat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you're sailing off, that's the last okay. frame of the demo. <clears throat> what are your impressions of it, Matt? I like it. Um, How far are you now, by the way? How many uh, hours have you put into it? God, I don't know. I'm I'm probably like four or five hours <clears throat> into the second village. Okay. You know? Um, I'm further than that. And I will say that what I thought last week about the game's length, I believe I was right because... I have spent probably 20-some hours on it, mm-hmm. and I have no inclination that I am anywhere near the end of the game. Yeah, it definitely seems to be taking its time. It, I think it's going to be a gigantic game, um, which, I'll be honest with you, is a little discouraging. Mm-hmm. I got to, like, the 20-some hours in, and I was like, okay, let's see if Act 3 is starting to get hinted at. Oh, no. Then they start introducing new stuff, and I was like, wow. Um, I really liked the story. When I had played the demo, and I still like it now, but I will say this, that is one part of the game that as time goes on, it starts to lose a little bit of its impact. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're on the island, and at first I thought that was where the whole game was going to take place, and maybe you'd unlock new parts of the island or what. No, that's just like your starter trainer area. You get on the boat and head off, and a whole world just opens yeah, it's basically up. basically a continent. Yeah. Um, and so I was surprised at that, to be honest with you. I mean, that is in character for the series. It's just, you know, the question was, will they do that for this version of it? Right. Um, and they did. I mean, you look at that map once you get out to the mainland, and it's just like, oh, yeah, that's huge. It's like, huge. It's- yeah. I don't know how long it is, but I'm just based upon what I've played and how much time I've spent, I'm guessing it's going to be at least 40 hours, I would mm-hmm. guess. Oh, I, I easily. Which, that may turn some people off. Yeah. 
Like, there's definitely uh, an element, like, even at this po point I'm at, I'm like, oh, so, like, I'm at, I'm at a new village, but it's all the same things. Yep. And it just sort of felt like I had to start over. Yeah. Start and rinsing and repeating. Of, mm, mm. I do like the battle system, though, so it, it yeah. keeps me going. It carries it. It carries yeah. the game. It gets varied. And then... I like that it doesn't... It, it respects your time in a way that a lot of JRPG stuff doesn't yep. a lot of time. Like, I love that once you out-level things, you can just hit both triggers and, and, and just kill. Kill, kill them. Just, yeah. like, end the you battle like that. The battle and you all. still get all the stuff for it. Yeah. Because there's no way to avoid them, really, yeah. in, the, in the overworld. You know, they'll, they'll run at you or they'll attack you. You, you can, for the most You can get part. around them, but, like, yeah. if you happen to run into one... Like you can just be like, oh, die. And like, yeah, just hit both yeah. the triggers and it just kills them. Yeah. You can, there's also four different speeds for combat. Yeah. Like they have thought about quality you can of skip life. Skip all the super move things and everything. Yep. Like it's it, there. There's a lot there to make sure you don't waste your time. I can tell they actually played this one. Right. This isn't one of those right. games where I play it and I'm like, did they play this before they released it? Like you, you can tell that they're like, okay, we get it. This can get monotonous. We're gonna find ways to speed this process mm -hmm. up or whatever. Um, I do wish you could sprint. Yeah, like that in would towns. Be nice. I mean, once you're on a mount, though, you move pretty quickly. Right. I mean, but I mean, like in towns. I, uh, yeah. I wish I could sprint in town. Just get. It. I wish I could go about twice as fast as I do. Yeah, I'd agree town. with that. Um, I do like that the 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 crafting and the gathering is just this much lighter than the main Monster Hunter games that it doesn't get annoying. Yeah. Um, I there's like what four things that you actually collect. Like you yeah. get different stuff, but as far as what you pick up in the world, there's like a honeycomb. There's like blue crystals. Honeycombs and yeah, there's blue stuff, blue crystals, uh, insects, uh, webs, yep. and like rocks, and like and like certain plants. It's not too much. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a good mix. And then most of the stuff that is in the main games is in this. They just have different functions for the most part. Yeah. Like you don't have to constantly sharpen your your weapons on whetstones, yeah. but there are whetstones you can use for a bonus to damage on your for a temporary yeah, amount of time. Yeah, they're like buffs. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing, uh, yep. which I find, you know, it's it's much less tedious than the main Monster Hunter games are. Yes. Uh, so I am enjoying this way more than Monster Hunter Rise. I'll just same. say that right now. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I didn't play Rise, but I certainly like this more than World. Well, yeah. Same and you're gonna, you're also enjoying it more than yeah. Monster <laughs> Hunter Rise because it's not a huge departure from the prior Monster Hunter games. I mean, certainly the story and the storytelling in this is way, way better, way more involved. That's what I'm really surprised at is how many cinematics there are in this game Considering how long it is, and it's mm -hmm. also not that big of a game as far as like download size, like no, it's like twenty three gigs or something. Yeah, which it's is big much. for a Switch game. Yeah, but compared to other games, it's not There's a lot of a lot of fully voiced stuff. Yeah, and the um, voice work is good, mm -hmm. which I should have also mentioned about uh, Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. With the voice acting in that was good, and the lip sync in that was pretty good too, which I was pleasantly surprised by. A couple times it doesn't quite match, but for the most part, it's really good, and it's really good in this too. Because obviously this game was built uh, with Japanese first. And uh, for the most part, the facial animation in this matches the voiceover pretty darn well. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that I've noticed, the more I've played this game, Matt, is that the... And notice the lower third there, Matt. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Luckily, they say that less often than I was fearing. <laughs> you were fearing, yeah. I had to put it in the lower third after last week when you freaked out over me saying it over and over again. But that is the part of the game that starts to get crazy the further you get into it, is the, you want me to call them mounts? The mm -hmm. mounts. Um, They're just monsters. Yeah. But they, as you get further into it, like figuring out like the abilities of the mounts, mm -hmm. um, there are it seems to me that there are certain points, and I may be wrong, but it, I thought, I felt like my best mount, the one that I would take into battle when I knew that I 
was going to be pushed, and I needed a good mount that was strong and could attack well. It felt like at a certain point it lost a lot of its attacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've hit a point where like it just doesn't. You know, you got to switch to someone that uh, a, a mount that has a different kind of attack because like eventually the certainly once you leave the, the first island. Um, the type of weapon and the type of the damage the weapon does really more. matters more, like blunt yeah. versus blade versus ranged, versus, you know, and the monsters have that as well. You know, so yeah. I, I have, you know, I I love my little Velociraptor, but I have, you know, when I first got to that new area, I switched to the, uh, you know, the the one with the big chin that basically bonks you with the, yeah. with the you know, the, the second big one you fight basically. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been much more successful, uh, and I like all the little weird thing, like little like. You know, there's a head-to-head thing that they do, but also like sometimes like if you if you have uh, if both monsters have uh, flight capabilities, they do like a weird little flight cutscene. You have to tap the the shoulder buttons yeah. to like uh, to win that, yep. which threw the hell out of me the first time. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, um, it's a good variety of stuff, and you can switch to switch them in battle whenever you want yep. for basically for no penalty, which and I like. Too. And the weapons, yeah. yeah, it it you know it's it puts all these systems in place but it doesn't make using them and reacting to them a chore which is like strangely unusual a lot of stuff games. it'll do automatically yeah or it'll highlight something in the menus it'll be like bro this is yeah. what you should be selecting right now and like the guessing game like the paper rock scissors guessing game on a text types is like it's rewarding but it's also not like overly punishing if you get it wrong yeah, yeah. like it's it's you'll lose a few extra hit points or like whatever. you said it, it's like they it's like they played it yeah you know, it feels like feels like they like everyone went through this and was like, yeah, it's annoying. Let's not do that. And yeah. it's just like this. Let's make it like this. So it's it uh, it feels like it's meeting me halfway on a bunch of stuff, and uh, it's not a pushover, but it's also not like just like oh, I don't want to deal with this anymore. Like I've played this, I've mindlessly played this for way more than I expected to. Like I will. That's the turn-based RPG yeah. way, brother. <laughs> well, I want. I'll watch wander also because like also it's the it's the um, crafting materials. I'll wander out and just kill shit. Yeah. Until I get bored and come back and like see what I can make. You know, I've yeah. I've upgraded a lot of stuff. I have like this the lot and I, I got like kind of the whimsy of it, like the the, the armor I'm wearing right now. Uh she's in like a it's basically like a goth chick outfit with like a weird little tiny top hat. Like it's I was like <laughs> I'm just like, okay, like we're we're, I'll just, take that. we're way off the lore here, but it's the best armor I got right now. We're fully upgraded, so screw it. Um it's uh, so it's it is there's a sense of humor to it, I guess. Yeah, and it's not- there is, and there's depth too. Like I was talking about, like managing the mounts and the monsters. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's a lot to it eventually, because you event you end up with like dozens and dozens of them, mm-hmm. um, and depending on the egg that you get, it depends on how they're going to evolve and learn new attacks over time. Again, though, I'm still not sure what happened. I I really feel like my best mount completely changed at some point. And turned into something that wasn't as effective, or maybe I needed to find a new way to use it because I had been using it a certain way the whole game. I, I'm not a hundred percent certain, but I definitely feel like something changed with like my best mount at some point. I don't know why or how it happened, and so I don't know if like if they reach certain levels, they kind of evolve like Pokemon or something. But there's like no way to stop it. I don't know. It seemed like there was something going on underneath the hood that I just couldn't quite mm-hmm. fig- put my finger on what was going on, but. Um, do you think you'll finish this game, Matt? Probably not. I don't think I'm going to make it either, honestly. If it really is like 40 hours, 40 hours I might make it. If it goes past 40, that's probably when I'll quit. Mm. 
And again, I would just argue that these games do not need to be so long. Why do they make these JRPGs so long? I mean, a lot of it's because the people like people that like these games, they don't want to buy a bunch of more. Or also, a lot of them don't come out very often. Like if you're a kid who only buys one game every quarter or so, and like this yeah. thing lasts you like for a couple of months, like that's great. Yeah, I guess so. Even if you are just doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And again, there are quality. I mean, of all life. games are like that. You've got Call of Duty is the same thing over and over again too. Well, I mean, you can always switch your weapons up, and you can you do that in this change too. your loadout. Yeah, you I guess change you this can. and that too. Change yeah. your monsty. I guess you're right. It just yeah. depends what you find repetitive and what you find entertaining. That's true. Um, I guess I find action a little less repetitive than turn-based. I mean, for the most part, I think the average person would agree with that, but there are people that just love this stuff. Yeah. I, and pre- I, do, I generally prefer this stuff, I mean, I like too. it. I, I mean, it's not like I, I recommend buying it, mm-hmm. in all honesty. Like, look, 40 hours out of a $60 purchase, that's good. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> And I'm fine recommending that for other people as well. I mean, as of right now, to me, this is the best turn-based RPG of 2021 so far. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the pickings are a little slim, but yeah, I can't think of a better one. Yeah, and I don't see any coming down the pike either that might dethrone it. Mm. Yeah. If there are any, I can't. I don't remember. I can't think of any. Yeah. Um, so if you are a fan of JRPGs, turn-based RPGs, buy it. Take the dive. I don't. There's nothing that you missed earlier in the year that you would rather buy, and I honestly cannot think of any big-time turn-based RPGs that are coming later in the year where you may regret the purchase. Um, I think at this point we've talked about it twice. We've covered pretty much all the details of the combat system, the progression, um, the presentation. I will say this, Matt. The final version of the game runs better than the demo. I had lots mm-hmm. of problems with frame rates. Oh, the demo was a disaster yeah. in the frame rate. Like, it's literally dipping down to like the yeah. 10s and the 15s at times. That seems to be fixed in the final version, which is yeah, good. About, definitely performance was no, especially because I was still on the first island yeah. when I switched to the main game. And like just running through the field was, no, I mean, it still dips in places. It gets a little choppy at yeah. times. Yeah. But it's I, not like a couple times in the demo, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can play that. Like, and you're right. It does lot. tend to happen when you're out in the open with a big field. Mm-hmm. And they, I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up drawing back the LOD a little bit in the final version. And that's why it's running a little Could better. I was like, I mean, I don't know what you know, optimization, man. You know, the demo. Who knows how old the demo is compared to the final game? Yeah. In terms of build quality, but like, yeah. Certainly, the the open areas and once you get off that first island are much bigger than they were yeah. before. And so I'm just, I found myself being like, God, and they chug a little bit in 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 the final game, but it's like, can't even imagine what those areas would have looked like in if the it demo. was in that build yeah. from the demo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they've improved that a good bit as well. It is Switch. Um, so, and that's what you're playing it on Switch too, right? You're not yeah. playing the PC version. Yeah, I I did consider switching to PC on that demo, but then I was like, well, maybe I'll just stick with this because like I didn't want to wait till launch day to get the demo. Yeah, the this might be a case where buying the PC version is a better idea, though. Uh, you'll definitely get better performance out of it. Yeah, it, de- it, it just depends. Murky. It depends if you want to sit there with a controller in front of your PC for however many hours and which play I this. do not. Yeah, I'll take a little bit of chug to be able to sit on my couch with my feet up. Yeah, that, that helps. <laughs> it's funny the the trade offs that you're willing to make uh, mentally, uh, depending on. Although how I guess you like this would not games. be a uh, a bad Steam Link game. That's a good point, actually, that I didn't think about. I kind of have been waiting for a game like this to play with Steam Link. I should have uh, picked up on it, and maybe bought the PC version at the end of it all, but. I am playing the Switch version, and it's not that bad. Like, no, it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's not one of those things where you're like, it's not like playing. It's acceptable. It's just one of those things. Every once in a while, you're just reminded, like, God, this thing needs an upgrade. Yeah. It's not like Banjo Tooie levels, on it, it, especially in, in the wake of the non Switch Pro stuff. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you really, you really should have. Yep. 
This week was so slow, Matt, that I went back and I downloaded Conker's Bad Fur Day on my Xbox yeah. Series X. And I'll say this. That game still pretty much holds up. Yeah? Yeah, except for the loading. Mm. So on the N64, it wasn't a big deal because they were carts and they loaded like that. But now, even with the Series X, it like every 15 seconds, it goes to a loading screen. It's like a splash screen with a bar, and it goes mm. fast. It's only you're only there for like two seconds, maybe, but it's just constant. So you pay, you playing the rare replay one? Yeah, I guess. Um, or the or the conquer live and reloaded. I'm one. playing live and reloaded. Okay, so the rare replay one is the N64 one. Update is better. Oh, it's better. Yeah. Oh, I'm playing live and reloaded. Yeah. Play, go switch to the rare replay one. Okay. If you want to play conquer properly? But otherwise, it holds up pretty well. Yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. I was like, this is going to feel clunky. And I figured I'd play it for like five minutes and just be like, oh, delete. And uh, even with the loading screens, which are just awful. Yeah, Literally. The, the, not, the load screens, I don't remember being a problem in the rare replay. They're version. bad in this. I didn't realize that's stupid. Like, why wouldn't they just make you download the best one? So much for because smart they're di- they're delivery. Go- because they're completely different games. Are they different other than the Live and Reloaded stuff? is a complete remake of the original game, and as far as I know, the Rare Replay version is a up-res remaster sort of thing of the N64 version. Interesting. Because Look, Live and Reloaded does have changes. Like yeah. that first like um, gargoyle that's on the bridge, that whole scene is changed. Mm-hmm. And there's inside jokes about it, too. There's After you meet him, and he does something different than what he did in the original game, Conker's walking away, and he says something like, I thought this was a straight port. Mm-hmm. Like, There's like fourth wall breaking stuff oh, yeah. in there. Um, but I had never played the live and reloaded version. I just played the M64. Yeah, version. there's a bunch. Of, I would consider the live and reloaded version inferior to okay. the original. Also, but it has like all they the have fur more, shading. And yeah, like, they also have more bleeping in it for some reason. Like the, the N64 version has more swearing. Interesting. But it does have like fur shading and a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like it looks better. But literally every 20 seconds, there's a load screen. So anytime you go from mm. one room to another, there's a load screen. That was an ongoing problem with a lot of original Xbox stuff. So. Mm. One of the one of the things I want them to do that they will never do is I would love them to do uh, to have Xbox like backwards compatibility on Wrath Unleashed, oh. which was the uh, Lucasfilm uh, turn-based strategy monster thing where every time you got in a fight in the turn-based mode, it switched to basically a, a 2D fighting game between the monsters, and the load times were. <laughs> Like, the, it took longer to load the fight than to have the fight, and it was just not playable. But I liked everything about it, except I couldn't sit through minute-long load times every time a fight happened in a turn-based strategy game. If you could do a backwards compatibility upgrade for that, that, like, cut those load times down to almost nothing, like, now that you have the high, you know, the SSD and stuff, uh, I would absolutely play that again. Yeah. But no one, no one anywhere wants to admit that game exists. It was a huge <laughs> bomb. No one cares. I uh, know that will never happen. Sneaky. Shalad Snake is asking, why don't people just get along HDMI cable to run to the TV from the PC? I live in an apartment. So um, my PC in the area where I work four out of five days of the week is like our spare bedroom. And that's where my gaming PC is. So it's 40 feet away from my television. I would have to run an HDMI Mm -hmm. cable through my apartment up into the TV <clears throat> that's just not going to happen. So yeah, I do my use my Steam PC Link. is in my office, which is on the other side of the house, which would mean I'd need like 150 foot yeah HDMI to reach the TV. Now, if I owned a home, would I wire an HDMI cable from the room with my PC into my living room? I would, um, if I had the option to, I would. But I do, but I 
don't you because don't. I don't care. Yeah. I'll just go in the other room. Yeah. Um, Steam Link works for some stuff, not for most stuff, unfortunately. Yeah. Anything action-based is just pretty much pointless. Um, but anyway, there you go. That's Monster Hunter Stories 2, available for Switch and PC. That's a buy from both of us. Yeah. It's been getting good reviews, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like at an 8. It's like the first Monster Hunter anything I've actually liked. Yeah. So. Yeah. Because it's completely different from... Mm-hmm. And we said that last week, but we should reiterate it here. It is completely different from the base Monster Hunter games. If you yeah, love the action base. RPG Monster Hunter games, you won't you will not necessarily like this. No, it's very it's definitely the same universe. Yeah. But it's it's a, a, lot JR, of the same it's a turn-based JRPG. And, if, yeah. If you like classic, I don't know, Final Fantasy stuff, I guess this is more more that. Yep. Agreed. Okay, let's move on to the last topic of episode 263. We're going to talk about the other big event that happened this week. It was Sony State of Play, although I do balk at calling it big, Matt. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure anybody would call it that. It I is... wouldn't. I fell asleep during it. Really? Um, I will say this, and you can see in the lower third there. Um, I was bent out of shape about Sony not being at E3. So was Pactor. He still is. He's really, mm-hmm. really bothers him that Sony doesn't go to E3 anymore. Absence is misspelled. Oh my god. <laughs> oh well. I can always that's one thing I can fix in post, no problem. But first I was trying to f- figure out if you were doing like some kind of pun. No. That Sony no, had it's a, just misspelled. Sony had a sense of its own abs <laughs> or something. No. Nope, it's just misspelled. <laughs> um but anyway, uh so Pactor is really pissed off that Sony isn't at E three. I kinda am, not as much as he is. Now maybe I kinda get it, because it appears that maybe Sony just didn't have a whole lot to show. No, Sony doesn't need E three anymore and they know it. Yeah. Also, they apparently had nothing to show. Yeah. But maybe one of the reasons they had nothing to show is because they knew they didn't have to do E3. Now, the big game in this, that's true. The big game in this was Deathloop. Mm-hmm. Why do you think Deathloop has hitched its wagon to Sony? Because I think somebody signed something. You think it's just think it's a, a contract? Deal? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a deal in place. It's interesting that Sony decided to choose this game. Yeah. It's, I mean, well, you know, it's not like they could choose Elder Scrolls 6. That's decades away at this point but yeah. uh, it was you know I, I i mean i guess i get it i i like the premise i would watch a show about this story but i just i don't want to play this game i have no interest in this game at all what is it about it that you don't like i don't know cuz it, it's a roguelike it's like a roguelike sh- i just don't it doesn't look fun to play i can't i can't describe it any other i mean i'm still going to try it but like I'll say this. I agreed with you until I saw this huge chunk of gameplay that they showed during the state of play. It just, it just, I thought it didn't look fun to play either. And for whatever reason, seeing this demo completely changed my mind. Yeah, I didn't. didn't it actually pushed me more in that direction. Like, Interesting. I, just, I don't want to play this game. I don't care. I want to. I, I might watch someone play it. I might watch a show about the idea because the characters seem interesting. Yeah, but and the world seems interesting. Yeah, but just something about the way the game—it just looks like such a generic shooter to me. It with like some character powers that like I don't. I feel like it's just going to annoy me. It's just going to be like playing another shooter to me. Well, it is a roguelike, so you die, yeah. you start over, but it's kind of like Returnal in that you keep some stuff every mm-hmm. time you die, and that seems to be. The modern design for roguelites. Oh, yeah. Very it's few in- of them. Including just... the, the narrative incorporation of the repetition. Right. Where like some of the characters recognize that that's that, what's that happening. happening over and over. And this game is very much yeah. like that as well. Um, and you just basically have to get so good that you can take out, like, you have to assassinate, I think there's eight mm-hmm. different characters. And you have to just keep trying over and over until you can get all eight of them in one run. Yeah, it's, it's like Hitman as a roguelike. Yeah, that's actually a good way to describe it. 
Um, I was pleasantly surprised by this. I really was impressed by this. I'm surprised that it sent you the other direction because yeah, it made me more interested to play it. I don't know what what it is about. I just don't. Nothing about what they're doing in the gameplay makes me care at all. I do care about like the premise is cool, like the kind of the 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 um, the dishonored ish things you can do or mm-hmm. in that. I guess makes. A, but I don't know. I just I don't. It's definitely an arcane game. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's like it feels like I've even though it's always, made it, by the Leon Studio, it, right? But it just feels like I've done all this before in in uh, dishonored, dishonored, and I didn't particularly enjoy it there. So I don't know why I should change my mind about this. I'll say this: if I had not just played and enjoyed Returnal, I would not have the door open for this game as much as I do. Mm. Um, Returnal showed me that a genre that I had previously just kind of rejected outright, and I had tried it, I just didn't enjoy it. Returnal showed me that I could actually enjoy it. And so now my mind is kind of more open to games of this type. Um, I'm not the world's biggest Dishonored fan. I am a big fan of Arcane. Is it weird that I don't like one of Arcane's biggest franchises, but I like Arcane? No, I mean, I think even though I haven't really gelled with any of the stuff they've really made, I think... Like I appreciate what they want to do and what they're after, and like their hearts in the right place. You know, like it's not like you know, I don't like the Dishonored games all that much, not because of, not because I think the Dishonored games are bad, but because they just don't work for me. Like, okay. you know, like I, I understand. I always what, get frustrated with the way I'm trying to play those games. Right. Yeah. Right. Which is also why, like, um, like the DLC for the first game where you play the the other guy, the bad guy, yeah. the guy, the guy who assassinates, you know, basically Corvo's you know, nemesis mm-hmm. in that. I can't remember his name, but where you play the him and like, there is no real morality thing to killing people in right. that. Like that is much more also Cause like sneaking around and killing people is like the thing that game does best. And so if yeah. you're kind of ha- hampering me by saying like, Oh, you shouldn't kill people. Like that's what I am here to do. Like, right. You don't give me that cool <laughs> sword and not let me do shit with it. Like, what are you doing? I agree. A so, thousand percent. So I found that actually the DLC in the first game to be more fun. And I never really got too far in the second game. Uh, in part because there was a weird shader thing that didn't work right on my p- computer, and I never really went back to it. Gotcha. Um, but again, I like what they're after. I like the world. Uh, it's sort of like this. I like the world of Dishonored. I like the like the the, the premise and what's happening, but like the gameplay just sort of leaves me cold, and I don't see anything in this that is going to make me feel any different. Well, I'll say this too. Um, this demo also showed me that it is an arcane game. Because yeah, what we had sure. seen before really didn't tip that hand at all. No, it was, I mean, this is definitely less generic uh, than what we've seen before. Yeah. But, again, it kind of doesn't help that it does feel like an arcade game because I've never liked playing an arcade <laughs> game. So, Touche. Uh, I hear that. Um, and I'm not going to sit there and say that they should change a bunch of shit. It's just their stuff is not for me. Yeah. Um, Pro- provided this game isn't broken, though... I think it's going to review very well. I think it probably will review well. Yeah, I, I see I, critics however, all over this. Yeah, I I also think it is not going to sell very well. I would agree with that as well. This is a pretty good get for Sony because it signed this deal with Bethesda, and then mm-hmm. the purchase is announced. So this takes a little bit of the edge off of the whole every Bethesda game is going to be exclusive on Xbox going forward. This is like this last little jab that PlayStation gets to be like, well, that's going to happen eventually, but not yet. Um, this may be the last Bethesda game ever released on a PlayStation platform, Yeah, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, who knows? They could reverse course eventually and just be like, you know what? We just want to sell as many copies of our games as we can as from Microsoft's perspective. I highly doubt that. 
I really think this might be the last time you boot up a game and see the Bethesda logo on a PlayStation platform for at least a really, really long time. Um, I'm not upset that this is on my fantasy team. I'll say that. Like, I have a feeling it might do okay where I ended up drafting it. Like, I think it'll probably, if it's, again, if it's not broken and it works the way it's supposed to, I think I should be okay with this game being on my team. And it is coming out this year as well. They announced a release mm-hmm. date, and I totally forgot to write it down. It's like September 24th or something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. And it's not too far away. Um, so that was the big game that got the most of the focus during the state of play. This, if you're watching, it was like a 10-minute like developer walkthrough driven by Arcane Leon. And then the other big thing in the state of play was something we mentioned earlier, Death Stranding, Director's Cut. Kojima bent all out of shape over the fact that Sony called it the Director's Cut. Um, he's he's like, that, that insinuates that somebody else had control over mm-hmm. what appeared or did not appear in the game, and that wasn't the case. I had final say on all that stuff. As we mentioned earlier, seems Well, really, then what is this? Yeah. What is what? What is this? Like, why wasn't all this stuff in the game? Oh, because they've, they're adding it extra, is what he's saying. Uh-huh. Yeah, that they've done all the work since the game released. Oh, um, just for fun. <laughs> okay. I'll say this. There is a lot in it. Um, it's a, it is a $10 upgrade. You do have to pay for the upgrade, as we mentioned earlier. Um, it has new story missions. It has improved combat. It actually finally added legitimate combat, melee combat, to the game. That definitely wasn't in the base game. That would help. Yep. It has new weapons. Like uh, It has this thing called a Mazer gun, which is basically a taser. It has mounted machine guns. Which is weird because a Mazer gun is a microwave amplification by stimulating machine. So that's, it should be a heat gun, yeah. basically. It, it just looks like it's a taser. Like yeah. You shoot people with it and it like electrocutes them. It looks like anyway. Um, and then there's a firing range where you can try out all the new weapons. There's a cargo catapult, like this thing you can put your cargo in and just chuck it to, like, another side of the map. Uh, there's a, this crazy buddy bot thing that you get that helps you carry your stuff. Um, there's a new racing circuit. There's a support skeleton, which we just saw there. So there are a lot of changes to the game. And for 10 bucks, that seems fair, I guess. Yeah, it's decent for 10 bucks. You're still still making you play Death Stranding. but Yeah. <laughs> Um, did you finish this game, Matt? <laughs> no. No. Please. <laughs> you got a good laugh out of that Please. one. Please. <laughs> um, I never finished it either. Oh, aimlessly across a field. There are many places in Los Angeles to do that. <laughs> I never finished it either. Um, I played it a good I en- bit. I actually enjoyed building freeways with people. Uh, so I did that for a while. I, I, I built a lot of roads and things mm-hmm. and drove along them. But like, like I've said before, like the thing I don't like about this game is that um, the more, like the more, the better you play it, the more boring it is. Because if something interesting happens, you fucked up. Yeah. Like that's the whole point. It's like your <laughs> delivery should be uneventful. Yeah. If you do everything right. So um, you're basically. And like, I didn't care about the story at all. The better at you all. are at the game, the more boring it is. Right. Yeah. And like the story, I mean, it's just the usual Kojima wankery. I don't yeah. care about any of it. Uh, I don't like looking at Norman Reedus. Uh, no offense to Norman Reedus. Yeah. I just, it's not. I don't think he would take any. There's no. Uh, there's no charisma there from to, for, to me. Um, certainly not in this. Like I haven't seen yeah. him in a ton of stuff, but like he's playing this weirdly sterile, and I think he's probably doing that on direction from Kojima. I mean, I feel like he's playing the same character that he plays in The Walking Dead and everything else I've seen him in. Sorta, because that's like, really just kind of how he is. 
Yeah. I he mean, has like some other show where he like builds motorcycles and cars and stuff, and he's pretty much exactly the same in that too. Um, I think that's just who he is, and he's not one of those actors who is very good at playing anyone other than himself, it appears. Um, $10 upgrade seems pretty fair, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm a little surprised if you're that a fan cheap. of the game. Like, it feels like it feels like another another era they might charge 30 for this. Yeah. Um, director's Cut seems to be Sony's new subtitle for like, it, yeah. like reworked older games. Um, and I have a feeling that's why it's called this, because Sony wants to keep the nomenclature Yeah, they're just consistent. trying to unify it. Yeah. And Kojima's like, but it's not a director's cut. And they're like, but we're just trying to and tell everybody consumers. Everybody thinks of it like, you know, people call Alien 3's assembly cut director's cut, even right. if Fincher won't even, would never touch that again. So yeah. it's like, you know, the director's cut doesn't mean anything anymore. It really doesn't. No one, th- no one thinks of it as... Oh, the, they just think of it. Oh, it's better. Yeah, no one looks at it like, oh, the stuff on the cutting room floor right. that they wanted, they didn't want in it. Now they want it in like there. Like the, the thing that makes you think that now is the director's name cut. Right. The Snyder cut. Right. Snyder cut exposing how few people understand how movies are made. Right. Uh, now you everybody wants the, you know the Ayer cut or the Gun cut or the Kojima cut for this yeah. would be would be Kojima's version of well, this. Well, now he's like, well, I'm going to cut the next trailer for this because oh, I boy. didn't cut this one, and and he's like, do you? It's just so funny. <laughs> He's on Twitter. He's like, do you guys want me to cut the trailer? It's like, of course they want you to cut the freaking trailer, dude. Like, my. Affinity for Kojima yeah, is it's really dissipated over time. It's like what do you? It's like getting up on stage and yelling, "Are you ready to rock?" And yeah. like, is it, is, is like, <laughs> no. no one's like, "Nah." No, I just paid one hundred fifty dollars. You know it's I'm been a-, a long day, and we decided <laughs> we are not ready to rock. I'm going to retire to the portalette. Could you keep it down? We're just going <laughs> to chat amongst ourselves. Seriously, he's become so pretentious at this point. I mean, he always has kind of been. Yeah, but I really feel like he's kind of just fallen off the cliff at this point. Um, that cliff right that there. one right there in <laughs> fact yes that exact <laughs> cliff he <laughs> took a nosedive um, so that's a Death Stranding director's cut Kojima sure and then they showed a couple other indies and like some free to play stuff and then the only other kind of big thing that they showed was Moss Book 2 for PlayStation VR Matt yep. they showed a new showed PlayStation a VR, game. VR game a new one what I realized when I saw this and then watched it later on was that Moss, in hindsight, is one of the best PlayStation VR games. It ended up being one of the best PlayStation VR games. Like, when it came out, we liked it and we thought mm-hmm. it was good, but it was so early in the platform's life cycle that I think most people just assumed, well, this is good, but this is just a sign of things to come. As it turns out, it really wasn't. Yeah. It was kind of the best thing that you were going to get yeah. on the platform. Turn into, everyone turned to Jack Nicholson. What if this is as good as it gets? Exactly. Yeah. And it was good. Like it yeah. was and a lot of the reason it was good is because it didn't force a lot of the VR stuff on you. It oh, used sure. it very smartly. And but even here, it's like, why does this mouse not have fur on it? Yeah. <laughs> At first I thought like, oh, they, they're just going to do a normal game. Right. Of Moss, because mm-hmm. you know, it's like no, it's for PSVR. I'm like, oh, okay, really? Yeah. You're not going to show the new VR or anything, but you're going to say that this is on the way. All right. It, the whole presentation felt very scattershot. Yes. Again, like they just drag. Excuse. They, like if this is what you're going to bring into E3, then don't show up. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, they didn't have to show up, so like this, I'm probably you know, was no pressure on anyone to. You know, to, to get anything ready, but then it's like, oh, we'll just show some stuff. But probably, I mean, it seems like they just wanted to showcase Deathloop. 
before yeah, September. Why? Before it comes out. But it's not even their game. It might be. It might be contractual. Nuts, Matt. I so after I watched this, I was like, "Do you have an earthquake?" No, that was my foot. Oh, okay, <laughs> I was like, "Oh crap, we're having an earthquake." So I watched this, and I was like, "Why? Why is this so bereft of anything compelling?" So I started looking at the lineup for PlayStation Five, and I was shocked. There is not. There's not that many games for PlayStation 5 that have not come out. No. Well, also, this was not supposed to be a first-party thing. Right. So they're just showing... Th- I mean, that, we speculated it might get caught or something. I was just saying, this was so anemic that it made me go look. And what mm-hmm. I found was that there are not a lot of PS5 games that have been announced that, like, no. haven't been released at this point. Like, no, I mean, hardly any. You know, for, hoping, hoping Horizon makes it this year. Um but there's Gran about, Turismo. If Gran Turismo makes and it. And there's God of War, which is next a cross-platform. And next year. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying it's in just, general. Yeah, we don't know a lot about what's coming. We can just make assumptions. I mean, uh, we assume Spider-Man 2 is coming. Yeah. Um, we assume, uh, uh, you know, Insomniac has got to be working on some, some other stuff. I, I'm, I'm sure that's not the last Ratchet game we'll get this gen. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff's been running quiet. Like we don't really know what Sucker Punch is working on beyond the director's cut of Tsushima. Yeah. Although the rumor is that it's another uh, ghost game. Um, who's left? Uh, Santa Monica's got God of War. Like there's not much. There's not a lot of mystery here. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like I was shocked. I was like, wait a minute. Like how would I build up in my mind that there were so many. PS5 games coming, like exclusive PS5 games. I, I mean, there's stuff that's like not so. I mean, I got Ghostwire Tokyo, which got pushed to next year. Yeah, that was just delayed today um, until next year. There's uh, now there's stuff that's emphasized PS5, but isn't exclusive to PS5, like God of War. Yeah. Um, we also just don't know. You know, is Sony Bend done? Is that the end of that? Are they? Doing I mean, they're working on ports of stuff. Like Blue Point presumably has something that they're going to do remasters or remakes of. Like the new team down in San Diego is supposed to take over some Uncharted stuff, maybe at some point. Like we don't know. I was shocked. I was like, man, like, what are you buying a PS5 for right now? Ratchet. Ratchet. Yeah. Um, and Gran Turismo, we thought at one point... Or just to have one so when you do want one, you have one. Right. Because like, Cause who knows when you could get one. Because that's the other thing. It's like, it's not hurting them. Yeah. They're selling as fast as they can make them still. Yep. Still impossible to get one. Um, but I do wonder, like, if a lot of these people are buying it and they're like, oh, hot damn. What am I supposed to use this yeah. for? And they're leaning hard on the multi-platform stuff, as yeah. Sony always does. We've, you know, we've previously had holiday seasons where Sony had nothing. Yeah from the first party lineup and they did fine because yeah. the the, I mean, the, 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 the PlayStation Yeah, the one. PlayStation audience is so huge that just by like general attach rate you're going to do fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um Nox Eternata says there's unannounced stuff we know is coming but not announced. Like yeah. <laughs> Well, if we knew that, they'd be announced. <laughs> but like what? I mean, it's not I'm not saying that like Sony isn't making games. I'm just saying, I thought on the immediate horizon, there were a lot of games coming for PS5, and there aren't. Yeah. I mean, one of the big ones just came out, and uh, Horizon's due, and Gran Turismo's due, and God of War's next year. I haven't turned on my PS5 since I And beyond that, like, beyond that, I wouldn't expect to know anything, really. I mean, we know a lot about Xbox. Yeah, but Sony doesn't doesn't roll that way. Yeah. 
Sony lets Square make all the announcements that are years away. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, though. I... And Microsoft had to do that because otherwise there's even less. You, yeah. know, you have to look forward to stuff for Microsoft that are years out because that's all they got right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, presumably Halo's going to make it, but you know, beyond that, that's more of everybody's just sort of morbidly curious at this point. Yeah. I was still just surprised. I was, for some reason, I just built up in my mind that, like, but what I realized is all the games that they showed initially, almost all of them have come out. Mm-hmm. There's a couple still left, like Kena, Kenna, whatever. Yeah, it's That's August. still got to come out. Um, but a couple games like that that are smaller are waiting, but otherwise most of them are out there now, and they have not announced more mm-hmm. since then. So I don't know. It's like now people, if they're going to buy a PS5, they're like, what do you? What do I buy? Obviously Ratchet, if they're, Ratchet, if they're then, willing to play Ratchet. maybe Kena, if that turns out to be good, and then uh, Horizon and Gran Turismo and God of War, and beyond that, like that takes you through the beginning at least of next year. Well, Horizon's presumably not until the end of the year. Yeah. If it makes it this year at all. Yeah, but it's like one big exclusive per quarter is about what you expect. Yeah. If you want to count Deathloop in that, like that's Q3. Yeah. At that point, you're you're leaning a lot more on the third parties to make sure the games look good on PS5. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's good enough for Nintendo. Yeah. You know, well, how, how, <laughs> when, I mean, Touché. you know, like Sony doesn't release like multiple giant first party exclusives each quarter most of the time. Like sometimes you get lucky and they all sort of pile up in places. Yeah. But like. Generally, it's it's two one per, per quarter. quarter is about as two per quarter good as you is can ask a for. good quarter, but yeah. like you know, like we're gonna probably get Gran Turismo and Horizon Two in the same quarter if we're lucky. Well, it's like right now Microsoft is touting one exclusive every quarter, like right. it's a big deal. So yeah. I mean, for them it is. It is. Uh, <laughs> it but definitely like, is. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we learned some new stuff at Game Awards. Yeah. Hopefully, Horizon's out before then. Yeah, yeah, but, but once you get if if everything comes out on time, the only thing you have left, sort of in the pipeline at that point, in terms of you know eight hundred pound gorillas, uh, literally, if you want to look at Kratos that way, uh, is um, God of War. Yeah, uh, and then you're gonna have to like sort of tell us what's what's past that, and the Game Awards would be about the right time to do that. Yeah, and they seem more willing to participate in that than with E3, so. which is so bizarre. We'll see if they show up in Jeff's like summer games thing next year, I guess. Instead of E3. I wonder if all those little side events are even going to happen next year, if E3's back. I think Jeff will glory. definitely try Jeff will again. do something, but I, I'm wondering about, like, all the other little things that were oh, that, Yeah, maybe not. Like, I mean, IGN and the outlets will switch to their usual E3 coverage, coverage probably. Yeah. Um, but I think Jeff is going to continue to try oh, to yeah. be the alternative oh, to yeah. E3. Or try to take over E3 in yeah. general. I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff makes a play to take over E3. I mean, he could definitely like, walk in, ESA. especially if Game Awards are... You know, even more successful this year, which like there's no re- there's no reason to think the Game Awards aren't going to continue their upward curve yeah. at this point. Um, you could walk into the ESA office and be like, "Let me fix this for you, or die try, or you will die trying." Yeah. Basically, like, and he wouldn't be wrong. No, I, th- I think he <laughs> would have a very strong case that he, he would- that he knows what needs to be presented and how it needs to be presented versus them. Yeah, yeah, I, w- I would definitely agree with that. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm a little shaky. On PS5 right now. Like, I'm not. I haven't turned mine on since I finished Ratchet. And when do you think I'll turn it back on? Kena. Yeah. In like I'm a couple a, months. In a month. Yeah. It's next month. Is it next month? It's mid, mid, mid end of August. August 22nd. That's a whole month and a half of my $547 console sitting there doing nothing. Well, welcome to launch games. Yeah. It's crazy, though. I just had built up in my mind there's 
so much software coming. There's not going to be any lulls. I'm going to be paying something really good. And now things are starting to get delayed and stretched out. We thought Final Fantasy 16 might be coming out this year, and now that's I looking a little shaky. And well, some Final Fantasy they're not even showing that until they like they basically wanted to finish a whole chunk of it because they didn't want to show it in unfinished state. So we're yeah. not going to see that until near the end of the year if we're lucky. Yeah. Um, might be out next year. I don't know. Um, I don't know. There's some weird shit. I mean, the, the Final Fantasy 14 is sold out digitally right now. I know. How do you do that? Because it's so because they had to stop because it's so popular. It was overloading. They had the to, they had to stop and... sales of it because so, because <laughs> the, the servers are overloading. Wow, that's that crazy. game has seen a resurgence like almost nothing I didn't I've ever seen. Um, I will I will say this though, like I kind of get why Sony wasn't at E3 if this is what they had to show. Like if because what would have happened is if they stacked this up what we saw in this day to play. Against what Microsoft mm. showed, it was going to be a massacre. Well, also, I think, and then there would be the narrative: Microsoft kicked Sony's ass at E3. Well, I think that's, all, that's that's backwards. Like they didn't have anything to show at E3 because they knew they weren't going to E3. Like that's it. Like this this is not like we decided not to go to E3 for the third time in a row because we don't have anything to show. Oh no, Microsoft's going to kill us. It's we don't care about no, June. No, I, I get that. But if this is what they would have shown up and showed, it would have been bad for If they were going to show up, they would have had other things to show. They just ne- This was not part of the plan. You, know, you, you start working on E3 stuff in January. Yeah. You know, like they this was never part of their schedule. So, yeah. and there's like, okay, we got to show, you know, maybe they had a contractual thing to show some death loop stuff before the before it came out in September, you know, which, which that, I mean, my su- pr- prediction originally was in August state of play, mm-hmm. um, which was what they did last year. Yeah. Um, because they were right on schedule. You know, May show one big game, which was Last of Us Two last time in May, mm-hmm. and now Horizon in May, and then you're kind of little extra. Here's the, here's the fall coming mm-hmm. in August. Now they didn't July instead, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, well, we still I, have EA's E3 event coming up here in about a week, week and a half. Yeah, that's <laughs> so bizarre. It is what it is. Yeah, I. I I don't know what to think of that. I mean, I hope we see some new Star Wars stuff, but that's about all I, I want from EA. I guess we would probably see the Dead Space remake. I want to see that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yep. All right, so there you go. That's I feel like we're State pretty well taken care of to the end of the year. You know, I, I hope by Game Game Awards we start seeing some stuff from Sony that we, we can look forward to beyond God of War. Yeah. But I also don't think that at some point we're going to get to God of War and Sony's just like, we're out of games, sorry. We're all going home. I, I don't think that's going to happen. It'll be all right. Yeah, I don't either. I just didn't expect to see a gap like this in between compelling yeah. releases. Like, we, we got Ratchet, and then it's a little quiet, and we get Kena in August. We get Deathloop in September. Gran Turismo's in there somewhere. Hopefully Horizon makes it in November. That's, a, that's pretty good. Deathloop isn't an exclusive, though. It's pushed on Sony though. Yeah, like I think of it as a, as a PlayStation game. Interesting. Whether that's fair. I guess or not. their marketing's working. <laughs> their yeah. deal is working. Um, okay, so there you go. That's Sony State of Play again. EA All Access is that what they call their shows? I think so. Yeah. Happening on the twenty second of July. Yeah, that's their Game Pass alike subscription thing. So yeah, I think that's probably what they call. And it. then um, that'll finally put the cap on E three twenty twenty one. It sure was drawn out this year. That's for sure. Um, okay, it's time for our Q&A. If you want us to answer any questions, some people are already doing this, um, go at Sifted Games in the chat. That way we can pluck them out of all the other comments that are going on in there. Um, but before we do that, and this will give you time to get your questions in, here's a word from our sponsor. 
It's time to find out why everyone is buying homes in Montana. The Shazer Ryan Realty has a totally remodeled four-bedroom, three-bath home for sale in Libby, Montana. Nestled next to the mountains on Libby Creek, this split-level home features almost 3,300 square feet of living space and includes a fully finished basement, a two-car garage, a barn, a shop, and much more. There's a covered back porch just off the kitchen, so you can enjoy your morning coffee the way nature intended. At $479.9, it's an absolute steal. They're selling homes as fast as they can list them. So if you're interested, do not hesitate to call Doug DeShazer at 406-291-1643. Even if you don't live in Montana, you can contact the professionals at DeShazer Ryan Realty and they can help you with property in your area. For more, head to DeShazerRyanRealty.com. That's DeShazerRyanRealty.com. Thanks once again to DeShazer and Ryan Realty for sponsoring Game Face and our E3 coverage in June. All right, let's get to some questions here. Let me get our patron crawl rolling first, though. We can pay some res- our mad respects to the people who support us at patreon.com slash sifted. And let's get to some questions. Oh, we also got some Twitch Prime rolling in here. Let's see. Um, JReadVic7, thank you. Longtime supporter, appreciate it. 24 months in a row. That's quite a streak, man. Thank you for uh, your dedication. Um, EDH420 has a question. Call of Duty 1, thank you for Twitch Prime. Oh, there's a bunch of questions down here. Um, Scorpio's fine. Or wait. Okay, I don't want to miss any of these because we have time to actually answer a bunch of these. Commander Fett, with the new Assassin's Creed game being announced, do you think that we'll get smaller stealth AC games on off years? Or do you think that stealth and AC is dead? I personally would play another game in the series if it was stealth-focused. We were talking about... Yeah, I mean, we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, we t- the- I don't know if you showed up a little late, but we actually talked about that very specific thing um, when we were discussing the game. Matt is hoping that that is the case. Um, and we talked about how it had gone completely the other direction, and it needs a correction, and maybe they can find something in the middle. Um, but he does bring up something that we didn't bring up, which is you know maybe these little kind of side games, spin-off games mm-hmm. could handle the stealth stuff. Do you think that's a smart tactic? Uh I don't think so cuz the uh like they already did kind of the side game thing with the, with and they didn't work. They didn't sell like all the, the the India, China, Russia ones like they practically give those away now. Mhm. Yep. Um yeah, they, you're right. They do actually give them away. Mm-hmm. Like I got all those games for free and they did not do well, which also lead me to believe that they probably would not reapproach that kind of tactic. Yeah. yeah. I think Assassin's Creed works as a AAA big experience and they know that. Yeah. And they'll stick with that. I'd agree. Um next up from Eth Demon, what game in a genre added a feature that you won't play future games in a genre without? For me it's the teleport from Dishonored for stealth games. Dishonored fan jumping in. Mm. After we trashed Dishonored, we were talking about Deathloop. Um, so what game in, in a genre added a feature that you won't play future games in a genre without? I don't know if I understand that question completely. Well, you, like, Is there a game in a genre that added some kind of innovation that you think the, the genre is now incomplete if you don't incorporate that? Like... Um, like, would you not play a JRPG that didn't have an instant kill a level, mm. lo- an enemy that's levels below you, like in Monster Hunter? I'm trying to think of an example. I don't know if I ever say, like, I won't play anything. Yeah, I don't again. have anything like that. Yeah, I don't have like, anything I, I like take that. each game as it comes, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, I would never just cut myself off and say, if it doesn't have this, then I'm not going to play it. Like, I just, 
I would be more interested to see how they try to solve the problem in a different way, mm-hmm. in all honesty, and would like to see, okay, maybe they found a different way to to attack this. It's like, um, look at the see the camera controls in Super Mario 64. Um, there may have been, like, when I played that, I may have said something like this. Like, well, if I don't, I'm never playing yeah. another 3D game. But that's also, like, not a genre. It's a, it's a, it's a mechanic. It's, a, it's an innovation of, like, the literal media. Yeah. Like, it's, it's a, you know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 uh, saying, like, teleporting and Dishonored. Like, I wouldn't want to play, like, a Splinter Cell with teleporting. Like, right. That doesn't make any sense to yeah, me. Yeah, that wouldn't work. Or maybe somebody could figure out how it would work. I, that's beyond my pay grade. I mean, Tom Clancy stuff, you can do anything in it, really. Yeah. But, uh, I, no, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I that's don't, a tough I, one. I don't think I would have anything like that, really. I guess unless you want to talk about, like, I don't know, fast travel in open world games. That's a good one, actually. Yeah, that's a good example. But isn't that kind of like, no, no, that's a feature. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. I don't remember what the first game to do that was. I don't was, either. <laughs> I can't remember at all. Uh, here's one from a bunch of jerks, which is a great username. Do you think the recent protests in Cuba, or is it Cuba, will have any effect on Far Cry 6's launch? No. Effect on it actually happening? No. Or effect on the would sales it, of the it, game? Will it affect the discourse? Yes, probably. Will Especially it affect as, the sales of the game? Maybe. I don't know. Hard to say. Uh, that Usually real world stuff doesn't have a lot of effect in that regard. Um, Normally. But certainly like... Uh, I think you will see Cubans and Cuban Americans react to this game that is very nakedly, you know, Cuba with a different name slapped on it. Yeah. Uh, sort of like there is a way you can take Far Cry Six as exploiting the situation in Cuba for entertainment value, and the timing is kind of unfortunate. It's not great. Yeah. No. So we'll see. Um. You know, it it may or may not be high you know, high profile enough, but the problem is like it might end up high profile enough just because Giancarlo Esposito's in it, right? And that gets mainstream attention. I mean, it's it's going to be high profile enough. Yeah. It's a Ubisoft Far Cry game, mm-hmm. millions of people, with are a very well recognized actor in leading it. Who it. I think and I'm got sure nominated. He's be in all I think the was Emmy nominated today, if I remember. Oh, really? I think so. Yeah. Um, it could. Um, I don't think it'll hurt the sales of the game. I think, if anything, it will help the sales of the game. It's only, it probably only raises profile, but it's, you're just going to have to sit through a lot of more Ubisoft. Like, no, it's not political. Like, it's, you know, it's yeah. All that bullshit. Like, really? Because otherwise you you just literally took the political situation of a country <laughs> and slapped a fictional name on it and used that as your premise for your game. I think they actually did come out and admit, yeah, it's political. I saw them say the no. The first guy They've said admitted no, it's Cuba. Then, they admitted it's based on Cuba, but they was like, oh, yeah. we're not trying to say anything about Cuba. It's like, okay. <laughs> okay. Um, You're really going to sit there and have tr- have, a, have a problem taking a stand on Cuba? <laughs> like, you don't want to take a side on Cuba, guys? All right. Yeah. Uh, Sneaky, Shalit Snake. Speaking on backwards compatibility for fun, when are we getting Def Jam Fight for New York and Simpsons Hit and Run? What games would you like? Uh, what games would you guys like a remaster or remake of? Uh, we are probably never getting those because that's a lot of licensing. Yeah. Um, the licenses are going to stop those games from getting further attention. Jeff Jam Fight for New York, I believe, on GameCube is worth a lot of money yeah. now. I like those games. They were surprisingly yeah. good. I was like, wow, this isn't terrible. Simpsons hit, Simpsons hit and Run wasn't terrible either. Yeah, that's, that's one of the better Simpsons games for sure. Yeah, which isn't saying much. but No, but like, <laughs> it was pretty good. It was pretty good. 
Um, Scorpio's Finest. With the release of Death Stranding Director's Cut, would it be a good idea for Sony to make it available for PC in unison? No, I don't think it matters. PC in unison. At the same time. Release it for PC at the same time? Hmm. I mean, I don't think for them it would be a good idea. You want people to buy it on PlayStation. Yeah. Yeah, it would be a terrible idea for trying to sell PlayStations. That's for sure. be a good idea for PC gamers. Yeah. But that's not what Sony And it's already about. available for PC. The main game is. Yeah. It? Yeah. So I could see why you might think that they should release it day and date on both platforms. Um, but their goal is to sell more PlayStations, and that's not going to get it done. So um, Nox Eternity. Tottis. Deathloop is PS5 and PC. Okay, so there's no Xbox version mm-hmm. of Deathloop. Um, from Vincent, how does a lack of emphasis on PC jive with Sega's increasing emphasis on the platform down to the judgment... Oh, we forgot to bring this up, actually. Down to the judgment series possibly ending because the star doesn't want a PC version to exist. Okay, I tried to work this into the topics today because this story is insane, but people just don't care enough about judgment, and so that's why we ended up cutting it. But this is nuts, dude. Like, the... Talent agency for the lead actor for Judgment does not want games that he appears in to be on PC. Mm. Why? Because can you explain to me why that would be? I think I know. Uh, because, why? Because you can rip the model out of the game and do things with it. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That would be my guess on that. Interesting. Huh. At first, I was a complete loss. I'm like, why would they ever do this? This like, is actually the first I'm hearing of this, but that would be what I'd assume. You didn't hear this story? No. Yeah. So they're, they're basically losing the star of Judgment, and the series may be ended because of this. Mm. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. I mean, it's weird, Like, but at the same time, like, there's some very explicit things done with character models pulled out of those PC games. Yeah. And if, if they want to protect their talent that way, that's, that's their option, I it's guess. It's interesting. To think about. That, that, no that, would, cares. that would be my guess. I've never heard anything like this no, before. It's, it's, <laughs> I mean, you really can still weird. do it on console version things, obviously, but like it's a lot harder than mining stuff on a PC. Yeah. Holy. I mean, for those of you who don't know, Judgment is essentially the replacement for the Yakuza franchise. And now it may be going away, too. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, they'll, they'll maybe they'll rename it. Call it something else. Yeah, I mean, Yakuza is not afraid to change protagonists. I mean, uh, they should they'll just edit the end of the game and they'll kill the guy at yeah, the end I mean, of the game. You can always just get somebody else in there. Yeah. Like, it happens all the time. It happens in TV where they replace somebody. They literally just did it in, in the main series. Oh, that's right. Because they had that Cause, other cause, actor yeah, yeah, who it, was. Because it's, it's not Kiryu anymore. <laughs> right. Like, they get, it, yeah, you can do it. Uh, still very weird. Um, Gohan Rage isn't Gears being shown off in Unreal Engine um, July f- on Unreal Engine 5 on July 20th I wasn't aware of that I don't know I didn't know that news to me yep um, EDH420 have you guys ever had the who would win in a fight Matt or Shane discussion before <laughs> no we never have I have never hasn't, even hasn't contemplated fighting Matt in my life I haven't really contemplated fighting anyone I've ever worked yeah. with <laughs> I have but not you. Yeah. Um, well, uh, <laughs> <shoo>. <laughs> I don't know. Shane, Shane's from the Philly streets. He fights dirty. Yeah. I, think, I don't think. I don't think I'd win that one. Oh, street fight is no holds barred. There's no rules in a street fight. That's just all there is to it. No, but nobody gets a uh, gets beauty mm-hmm. points in street fights. Uh, yeah, we never. But maybe we uh, should put together like uh, our own little like league, like they've been doing with like the influencer YouTubers. Uh, like the like the G four 
like street fight tier <laughs> list. Yeah. Uh, I think Adam would probably win that. Adam is Adam's been, Adam's been training in boxing for like right, ten he years. Has. Like he, he has. He, his body never changes. No, but he, he always looks exactly the same. But he's been going to boxing school for like yeah, ever for a yeah, long, really long time. Like for it, he looks of the all same. Of, yeah, of all of us, I feel like he's probably the best one to throw a punch. <laughs> probably, so. he should know the best way to do it. Uh, Jay Reed Vec will answer one of your questions that you hooked us up with the Twitch Prime. Gohan Rage, thank you for Twitch Prime. Um, given Nintendo doesn't make huge cinematic and open world style AAA games, have you guys gotten any any sense why it's taken so long for so many games that have been announced for Switch many years ago? So he's probably asking about stuff like Bayonetta 3. Bayonetta 3, Shin Megami Tensei. Yeah. No. <laughs> A lot of these games are being built by studios that aren't Nintendo. They're smaller guys. Like Shin Megami Tensei 5, that's not being made by Nintendo. It's being published by Nintendo. Mm. Same with Bayonetta. I don't know what the hang-up is with Bayonetta yeah, 3. Who knows? That It really is bizarre. A lot of the other ones are just like they're being made by smaller studios. They just don't have big teams, and so they take a little longer. And to be fair, for the most part, Nintendo doesn't really share like a release date when it announces most of its games. Like All the stuff it showed from the debut of the Switch that people like, you know, Shin Megami Tensei. We saw that in the very first announcement of Switch. That's not coming quickly because it's from a smaller studio. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of too many other, like Pikmin 4 is another one that kind of went missing in action. Again, yeah. no clue why that has taken so long. Because we've heard rumors that at a certain point, like a couple years ago, it was done already. Yeah, Miyamoto said it was pretty much done. Yeah. So, who knows? Maybe they're looking at the And it's not right... like we don't know what Pikmin's supposed to be. Like, yeah. You wouldn't think you'd have to take that back to the drawing board yeah. too many times. Nintendo does tend to try to launch games where they make sense. So, Super Mario Sunshine was released in the summertime. And, mm-hmm. and that makes sense. It doesn't always get it right, but it does think about that stuff. So that might be a part of it. But honestly, we're just grasping at straws. We don't really know. Um, let's see if we got any more. Nexus 6 Batty. Have you seen the first two Netflix movies of the Fear Street trilogy? I don't even know what that is. There's horror movies they're doing that are each set in like specific time periods. It's like the first one was like 90, 1994. I think the second one is oh, the 70s I just saw or it on Netflix the other day, but I didn't know what it was. No, I haven't watched them yet. Um, I might, though. I did just watch the second season of that zombie show. It's called, like, Hot Winter or something like that. And it was great. Hmm. The first season was terrible. Like, it was so bad, I forgot I had even watched it. So I saw the second season, and I was like, whoa, I don't want to watch, like, the second season without watching the first. I went back and started looking, and I had watched the whole first season already. It was just completely forgettable. And somehow, the second season is amazing. Hmm. Better than anything The Walking Dead has done in years. I wish I could remember the name of it. Um, But it's like, if you go to Netflix right now, it'll appear in, like, the top ten or whatever. Um, And the second season of it was great. You don't even really need to watch the first season if you don't want to. Um, but no, I haven't watched Fear Street Trilogy. I will. Ed Rock the Truth. Matt, Black thoughts summer. on Star Wars Visions? Looks pretty promising. Black Summer. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Black Summer. That was Corey Film knew that. Okay. Yeah, uh, watch, watch season two of it. It's really good. Yeah, Star Wars Visions looks great. I'm into it. So does uh, What If. Like Marvel animation. It doesn't make me want to throw up. Awesome. Yeah. First time in a long time. Look at Sneaky brought up Fast Travel. Yeah. So somebody else picked that up as well. Um, Tiny2K, thank you for all these gift subs that you're giving to our audience. Again, you can show up 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. People giving away subs in our chat. All you got to do is show up and hang out. 
with a bunch of cool people. Uh, I see Digital Reflux, Tiny you Rock. Yes, he does. Uh, JM Rain and Tiny, always hooking up our viewers. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And JM Rain gifting Tier 1 subs. Thanks again. Um, I think that might be it for the questions. Oh, Vincent clarifies the Coalition is showing an Unreal Engine 5 tech demo at GDC. I don't mm -hmm. know if it's gear specifically. Okay. Sounds good. Oh, we ended up hitting level four of the hype train today. That's great. And I think that's it. All right. What time is it? Four. <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Somehow, some way, we always make it. Gotta, and here we are. You got to stop end. doubting me. <laughs> I think I doubt myself mm -hmm. sometimes. Uh, here we are. The end of another three-hour episode of Game Face. Thanks to everybody on the chat. Um, for making it lively. I actually enjoyed getting the chat more involved in the show this time. That's something we may do a lot more going forward, actually, um, is kind of checking with you guys on the topics and keep you guys engaged with us a little more as we do the show. Also, the rest of July looks just like this week, so mm. we're going to need to fill some time, and you guys are really good. I'll bring uh, in all my Yu-Gi-Oh cards next week. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> we're going to start doing show and tell. Let's, start, let's, let's just start doing pricing. <laughs> <laughs> Live on the stream. Uh, so thanks to everybody who's live on the stream. Thanks to everybody who supports us on Patreon. We can't do it without you guys. Uh, again, if you want to support us and you're listening to the show out on the internet, anywhere, and it could be literally anywhere at this point, I've found, like, podcast services that have just stolen it and, like, Game Face is up on these services that I never submitted them to. They just went and grabbed the feed URL and put them up. The show's everywhere. So if you're watching it in any of those places and you want to support us, and we do need support... This is the only way we survive is through Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D, sifted without the E. And you can pledge whatever you want. If you can't afford to give us money, totally get it. There's a lot of people out there still without jobs, had a rough go with the pandemic, totally understand it. If you're one of those people and you still want to help however you can, there's a bunch of ways you can do it. You can subscribe with Twitch Prime, which I've talked about many times before. The instructions for doing that are down in the description below. You can also review the show on your favorite podcast app. Very easy. Give us a five-star review. Tell, tell them how much you love the show. It makes a difference in rankings when people search for video game podcast. They're not going to come across ours because our reviews are all really old. We had a huge rush of reviews when we first launched, and they've just kind of trickled in ever since. A nice little push of reviews on those platforms would be awesome, um, and it makes a big difference. Or if you're watching the show on YouTube, just make sure at the very least you like the show on YouTube. You can also subscribe on YouTube. You can also get our content early on YouTube if you become a member on YouTube. But do the like thing, do the subscribe thing, ring the bell thing. There's tons of stuff you can do to support us and help us, even if you don't have any cash. And I have totally been in your position before. If you don't have any money, I totally get it. So the good news is we try to provide ways for everybody to help us if they can. Um, let's see. We will be back on Tuesday. But what are we going to have? Are we going to have Zelda? Skyward Zelda. Sword? Yeah. And uh, what else comes out? Not much. <laughs> Vincent, really... Vincent says, said F1. F1, which we've you, never, ever covered. You can do that. We've never covered on Game <laughs> Face, ever. <laughs> I mean, we've done some weird racing games here and there. Yeah, I covered that one indie racing game the one time that was like cel-shaded. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it anymore. You liked it. Yeah, I did like it. Yeah. yeah, it was like a, we're still waiting for F-Zero. Right. So right. it's still the closest thing to it since I played that game. Uh, but we'll be back next Tuesday, uh, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash siftedgames. If you want to find me on Twitter, 
I am at Dinfire. Matt is at M Kyle. That's M K E I L. I can spell your name, but I can't spell absence apparently. Yeah. And if you want to find Sifted on Twitter, and you should if you can't afford to support us, because that's where you're going to know when all our content goes up for free, whether it's on YouTube or on any of the podcast services. That is at Sifted Games. So on behalf of Matt, I'm Shane Satterfield. We'll see you next week. Game faces up and out. We'll be right back.